Welcome to Dialogue De Novo. This is a live show. I'm Jake Rome. I'm Richard Leibovitz. Uh, to my left, we have Eric Hendricks swigging out of a flask. He is specifically not representing the Federalist Society. Specifically. These are his own views. They want nothing to do with his views. They emailed us and said to say that. Please and do not let him speak for us. And on our, <laughs> and on our right, uh, we've got Grant Bosnich. Who Grant, thanks for coming by, man. Who, who, do I, do who, I say who, stuff now? Who does speak <laughs> for the... <laughs> you don't have to say yeah. anything for all I think I'm the president of the Law Dems. I don't think I'm endorsing myself to speak on behalf of the Law Dems, but... No, definitely don't endorse yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that, that really sounds like something Jake and I would do. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right, let's get started. Let's kick this off. What do we got? All right, and first up, opening statements. What are the biggest issues for the Democrats going into tomorrow, Grant? Yeah, um, well, first of all, I think the election really pins on voter turnout. Everyone knows that. Um, the early voting numbers have been really high. Uh, I saw today uh, we've already passed a million in Illinois. Um, in 2014, it was 600,000, the last midterm, so we've surpassed that by 400,000. I think that's good news for Illinois Democrats. Um, so, but issues, um, I think... Uh, the party, we were talking about this a little bit before show, is kind of at a weird crossroads now looking for an identity, and that identity just can't be hate Trump, uh, period. Um, and I think uh, the successful, the, the candidates who've been successful uh, in the polling so far and who, who have been showing out well have focused their message on uh, economics, right? The, the message of Bernie Sanders that trickle-down economics doesn't work, uh, that we can't keep giving tax cuts to the rich, corporate subsidization does not breed a healthy middle class. Um, and the second one, I think, is not necessarily, well, universal health care, but more specifically protection for pre-existing conditions. Um, even Republicans have started running their ads saying that they, uh, you know, are going to have to, are going to protect pre-existing conditions, uh, some lying, even though they voted against it the first time. So two big issues, I think, for me is a, a strong economic message um, that'll get people to the polls. And it seems like the issue of pre-existing conditions is also going to get people to the polls. Yeah, Trump's been tweeting about... Uh Helping cover people with pre-existing conditions. I don't trust him. He's a pathological liar. But he has been tweeting about that, which is odd. The, right. The new, the new interest. But yeah, we, I wanted to actually bring this up. We talked about this before the show. You, uh, I mentioned, I believe the Democrats might be in the middle of their own Tea Party. Any thoughts on that? We, you know, in 2010, when the right. far right, I think they're kind of going that way right now. Um, Trump might be a vehicle, but I don't know if that's sure. why it's happening. Yeah, I think I think that's a good take. Um, I'm not disagreeing with it. I think and you'll agree. It's too early to tell, really. Um, I think, but in general, I think the party is moving left because I think the world is moving left, and um, you know, call it a fringe movement or whatever you want. But I think the, the I'll call it that. <laughs> I think the I think Actually. I really think the party is moving uh, is moving left, and and the Ocasio Cortez types. Um, and there's another guy on here who I have. The 29-year-old running in California. Um, the younger the Democratic Party looks, the, the more left it's going to be. 
I don't know if I would call it, but yeah, good take. I think I think you're right. It's it's a fringe movement that's pushing itself into the into the centerfold, which is exactly what the Tea Party did. So it's hard to argue that it's not a Tea Party type movement. Their yeah. costumes aren't as good as the Tea Party for sure. Gra- we have no people dressed as re- revolutionary war heroes. True. Um, I uh, guess I did want to say pussy I don't hats are close. <laughs> I did want to say I don't. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, we should we need to move to Eric, but I'm not sure because. Of the, that the world is moving more left because it actually seems to be the opposite with Brexit and things like that. So I'm not, right. I'm not necessarily sure Fair. you're right. I maybe overspoke, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stand for the statement. I, okay. I hear what you're saying. We'll, we'll move on. I like that a little backbone. Eric rebuttals. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I think healthcare is definitely going to be uh, a big issue, and I agree with Grant that. Republicans are starting to seed on that issue a little bit. Uh, I think the biggest issue, though, is uh, I'm looking this up right now. Apparently, 9.2% of Obama voters voted for Trump in 2016. Uh, 25% of Bernie voters voted for Trump in 2016, too. The biggest issue for Republicans is going to be whether those... Uh, I guess converts uh, stay with the Republican Party or if it was just a 2016 year uh, issue alone or if it's just a Trump issue uh, but that's that's definitely going to be major if, if we're still getting nine point th- those exact same percentages uh, I think Republicans will keep the house so that's a bold prediction I also it's think a really bold prediction I think Republicans are having a tough time with the sell of Trump as the president but he's not a thought leader that they've been trying to pull, which it's is the understatement it's a, of it's year. a it's a hard sell because he is the president, but like he's not necessarily a great. Uh, well, I shouldn't say not necessarily. He's, he's not incredibly the not a great conservative mind. You know, so. you know what though? He he won the uh, election in 2016 with a 35 percent approval rate, and he's sitting at 44 percent right now. So I don't think anyone yeah. thinks he's the you know the the thought leader. He basically imported the you know how, how does a society how does a non-sitting heritage. president win with a 35% approval rating? Uh, uh, the, an even <laughs> no, more unpopular <laughs> candidate. I'm just kidding. No, the, the joke was he's, that didn't matter. But, okay. Uh, all right, well, let's get started. First Believe off, it or not, not, that is a joke for Richard. <laughs> I hate that we're recording right now. Kiss my ass. Uh, all right, we're going to start with the door prize at number one. Is this the quizzes? Is that what we're calling door prizes? Michaela is hands down my favorite. Yeah. All right. So we have some games that we're going to be playing with the audience. Get ready. Um, So game number one is a game we're calling Cruise Quotes. So one of the biggest races to watch tomorrow has been the hard-fought Senate race in Texas, currently occupied by Republican Ted Cruz. The Democratic challenger, Beto O'Rourke, historically raised $3.1 million last quarter in donations, um, more than any other campaign in history. So Beto's rake... What? No, I was agreeing with Jesus. Uh, Beto's record-shattering fundraising should not come as much of a surprise, however, given that his opponent, Ted Cruz, is arguably the least liked politician in history. (laughs) So, how we play Cruz quotes. Uh, Our panel is going to read three quotes. Two of the quotes are real quotes said about Ted Cruz by actual people, and one is going to be a fake quote that I made up. So, the audience member has to correctly guess which quote is fake. And if they get two out of three questions correct, they're going to win our prize, which is a gift card to Starbucks. I know. Game up. All right. So, glad we who didn't wants to play the that. game? Anybody? Not all at once. All right, Amy, come on down. 
up is Amy, who we will keep le- anonymously last name. Just uh, yeah. for the for the four people that for some reason are listening in Dusseldorf. All right. True story. <laughs> we have listeners in Dusseldorf. Lots in Istanbul, Turkey, too. Yeah. Right after we released that one about the Saudi uh, journalist, we got a lot of. Really? Yeah. Awesome. No, my stomach dropped when I saw that. Uh, anyway. All right. So which of the following? Amy. Amy, you ready to play cruise quotes? Okay. Which of the following is not an actual quote about Ted Cruz? I don't know how he's going to deal with Congress. Nobody likes him. You can feel Ted Cruz from a mile away when a chill runs down your spine. I just don't like the guy. What? Which one is a fake Slim. quote? Hmm? Same again. Can, yeah, one more time. I don't know how he's going to deal with Congress. Nobody likes him. You can feel Ted Cruz from a mile away when a chill runs down your spine. I just don't like the guy. I'm going to go with I just don't like the guy. No, that's wrong. Wrong. So, no, 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 no. Stay stay here. Hey. Stay here. Anybody else want to guess? So B is not the real quote. A is a real quote from Bob Dole, the former Republican presidential candidate. And C is a real quote from former President George W. Bush. Yeah, I know. All right, so question two. Oh, there's more? What? Yeah, you oh. have to get two out of three correct. Oh, I, I thought that I was the... You have to get two out of three correct. You have to get the rest correct. Yes. Great. Thanks for your I'll feed you. I'll feed you the answers. That's oh, on. All right. So, which of the following is not a real quote about Ted Cruz? Is it A? Is it A? Ted Cruz is a nightmare of a human being. I have plenty of problems with his politics, but truthfully, his personality is so awful that 99% of why I hate him is just his personality. If he agreed with me on every issue, I would hate him only 1% less. Is it B? <laughs> is it B? Is it B? <laughs> this is to record. Yeah. One thing Ted Cruz is really good at, uniting people who otherwise disagree about everything else in total hatred of Ted Cruz. Or is it C? Or C. When I finally let my six-year-old daughter get a pet weasel, she wanted to name it Ted Cruz. She's wise beyond her years. See. Okay, yes. <laughs> yes, the C, uh, so quote A and B are both real quotes from Ted Cruz's former roommate at Princeton. Wow. All right, question number three. Here's question three. A, I have Democrat friends and Republican friends. I get along with almost everyone, but I have never worked with a more miserable son of a bitch in my life. Is it B? If you killed Ted Cruz on the Senate floor and the trial was in the Senate, nobody would convict you. Or is it C? I hate Ted Cruz, and I think I'll take cyanide if he ever got the nomination. See. Trick question. They were all real quotes about Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> all real. A was Boehner. Yeah. B, B was Lindsey Graham, and C was Peter King. All right, Amy, you, you win our it. prize. Yeah. So. Right. That was Cruz quotes. That was. Hey, on the topic of Ted Cruz, if you haven't seen the picture of the Ted Cruz dog, Google it right now. Hilarious. If you if you haven't seen the. Uh, Beto O'Rourke commercial with the where it's just the one guy sitting in a restaurant yeah. bashing him. That's not tough. Yeah. Really, Ted? Yeah. 
did? That was awesome, too. Or right. if you haven't seen the Beto O'Rourke video where they reinvent the YMCA <laughs> to, to spell B-E-T-O. Equally embarrassing. I, I encourage you to never watch that. We will We will be putting all this in the show notes. We yeah. won't, but we, we say won't. we will. We always say we will. Yeah. All Please right. put the Ted Cruz dog so, in the show notes. So, first, the... Can you, Eric, can you throw that up? <laughs> the whiteboard? First, the U.S. House of Representatives. Give it up for the House. Current Don't makeup. Do Don't do it. Current makeup. Republicans 236, Democrats 193. Our first race is going to be California 48th District. Well, we should give a little... Background first. Uh, so, in order to retake the House, Democrats need to pick up 23 seats. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. All right. So first, first race, California 48th, Orange County. Uh, Dana Rohrbacher. Dana, yeah, here, I got it. Go for it. Dana Rohrbacher. He's been in office since 1989. And a real quote about Dana Rohrbacher by Kevin McCarthy. I'm probably paraphrasing here. Kevin McCarthy and Paul Ryan once said that the only person, uh, I'm going to censor it here, closer to Putin is Dana Ro than Trump is Dana Rohrbacher. So. The real quote is so. Yeah. Yeah. It involves tongues. Yeah. Uh, all right. How are we all feeling? Are we feeling loose? Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> got whiskey, right? The only, one per the only person with their tongue further up to Vladimir Putin's ass than Trump is Dana Rohrbacher. Okay. Yeah, just so we're all on the same page. That was the quote. All right. Kate, you're back. <laughs> so uh, he's been in office since 1989, and a, he's also out of Orange County, which hasn't had a Democrat since, I think, they became a state. It's a bastion of republicanism in California. It's the only bastion of republicanism in California. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Besides all the secret so Hollywood people. Let's start. Let's start, Eric. Oh, by the way, if the background is in red, that means it's a seat held by the Republicans. If it's in blue, it's held by a Democrat. Pretty straightforward oh. shit. Yep. <laughs> Eric, what do you want? Not what do you want. What do you think? I. I want Rohrbacher. You um, want Rohrbacher? Yeah, yeah. I, and I think he'll win it, too. All right. Interesting guess. 538 has Ruta, the challenger, at 57.5 and 0.9%. What do you think about that? I, I don't think it matters. He's Well, I, it obviously matters, but but yeah, right. he, he's just he's a long-time incumbent. I, I, I think <laughs> like people are going to anyway. stick with I, I don't know. I just think people are going to stick with him. It... It'll be interesting. This is definitely like one that I could see losing. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick Republicans and most of these guys, but um, stunning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Oh yeah, I'm super biased. That, how, how, that, that's why we got that's two. Why, people we, here. why would I be on this so show if I were? I don't know, guys. I see yeah. the merits of both positions. No, no, no. What's your giveaway? The Smith and Wesson hat? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With the American flag. That came from me. On it. We all have them. Yeah. I love this country. Grant. Uh, Grant, go ahead. I don't know if you knew this, but God yeah, bless Yeah, going rude, uh, uh, Nate Silver knows way more than I do. But I've been to uh, Huntington Beach, Laguna Beach recently. Sick. Pretty liberal place. Um, I actually can't believe it's been Republican this long, but it has been. Uh, also, Hillary Clinton won the district by 4%, I think. That's a good point. So I think it's, you know, the anti-Trump sentiment probably uh, carries strong. Um yeah, that's that's something to watch with all these house races. Is uh, suburban districts are really going to be the ones that potentially flip in favor of Democrats, uh, especially those 
suburban districts that are more new uh, as suburban districts. I'm talking specifically here about mostly New Jersey and Pennsylvania, uh, where they were typically and historically rural, and now they're becoming more suburban as, uh, especially Pennsylvania, which used to be just a union town, uh, or state, rather. All right, I'm um, cutting you off. Grant, no, no, no don't got? cut me off. I'm we got 13 races to get through, Jake. I'm Ruda. Well, let's just He's blast calling, Grant's, the rest. Grant's going Ruda. It's my show. It, it's all mine show, too. Who you who you going with? Yeah. Huh? We we don't want to provide any context to our audience members. We don't have a lot of time. Fine, go. <laughs> who you got, Eric or Jake? Who do I have? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> who all right. cares about the house? It's not interesting. Hey, okay. That was our co-host for the <laughs> election special. Co-sponsor of this. Hold yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'm going Harley Ruta. The uh, polls have been going in his favor in the, for the last Bold three pick. weeks. So, uh, yeah. Now I have an opinion. It's 538 not has him. him at 57%. Predicted had him even. So, all right, all right. Next one. Go. All right, this is Duncan Hunter, who has been indicted for, I believe, campaign finance before. That's, that's going to come up a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, strap he's been in. in. <laughs> he's been in office since, 19, since 2013. But... Uh, yeah, the the guy running against him, his name's Amar Kama Najjar. He's actually pretty moderate. He was a political activist before, I believe, he worked for Obama. I'm not positive. Can we talk about the campaign ads against this guy? Against who? Amar Kama Najjar. The one, the one that's crazy is uh, the one where it says he sponsored terrorism. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Calls him right. Yeah, that's so, true. <laughs> so no, he he did, it's it's not. But his great his grandfather is one of the uh, guys who. He was one of the Palestinians who held the Israelis hostage, the Israeli wrestlers hostage at this 1972 Olympics in Munich. He actually, he's never met the guy. Can't do he's that. never talked to him. Yeah, it, I, wholeheartedly, I'm against his grandfather, but it, that's, uh, that's yeah, kind of where, the, where the hint of these ads are coming from. I'm cutting you off. Go for it. Uh, there's another ad that said he's Partner. changed his name yeah, that was nuts. three times, and they're like, to avoid ties to terrorism and i was like and then he settled on amar Kampa najar they you think he would have gone with like john Steve, smith or yeah, something yeah, yeah right they said, they said he picked Kampa <laughs> because it made him sound uh hispanic that's what the that's what what's his name yeah huh. it's just know. some weird well, that's, attack that's ads. racist it's predicted has predicted yeah. has hunter at 75 percent 538 has hunter at 78.2 percent yeah uh grant let's go with you on this one I don't know. I, I, how can I go against 75 and 78? I, All right. Hunter, I guess. Bold prediction. Go yeah, with the numbers. I agree. Hunter, yeah. Hunter's going to take this, and then if or when he gets removed from the House, they'll just appoint <laughs> someone for him. But that district's Republican, and they don't give a shit. <laughs> so that'll 100% be Republican. All right. Let's move on. Yeah, I, I'm going I'm going Republican, too. Even yeah. though I, I, I have looked into this guy. He's pretty moderate. I do like him, but... He's not. Lock. He's not going to win, even though the other guys are indictment. All right, um, Illinois six. Peter Roskam. We got click that next. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Peter Roskam versus Sean Caston. Peter Roskam's been in office since '07, and I don't really. This is one that's. I believe it's. This affects Chicago. He does represent my neighborhood. So let's start. Let's go, Eric. We went. Grant last time. Yeah, I'm worried about this one. Uh, it's near my hometown. It's, he's not my uh, Roscom's not my representative, but I I honestly think Caston might walk away with this one, which makes me very sad. 
Grant? Yeah, I'm going casting on this one. I was at a casting fundraiser two weeks ago. He's a nice guy. He's actually never met Mike Madigan. Uh, fun fact. Despite That makes me like him. The uh, one person in the audience talking is my girlfriend right now. <laughs> despite Peter Roskam's constant <laughs> the ads up that, with that, you know, Cassin's a Madigan guy. Call her out a little more. See if the relationship lasts. Uh, <laughs> or is it? Sorry. Liberalizing suburbs. All right. It's liberalizing happening. suburbs. Uh, yeah, I'm going Sean Caston too. People are angry. Well, and, and just to add, I know Republicans who have voted for him, like people who otherwise are voting like straight ticket. And w one of the reasons is uh, uh, Roscom obviously is against or was against or might still be, who knows, uh, health care. And, and that's a big issue for a lot of the people out there. So, all right, all right, move on. Mike Boast, uh, this is Illinois twelfth versus Brian Let's Kelly. Just skip this one. Yeah, he <laughs> this Boast ran. Done. Anybody going this against Boast? Done. He ran. He's he's kind of pulled ahead in the polls Wait, in recent I weeks. We were, I thought we were covering two toss comments ups on two comments. It on was this toss race. ups when I decided to cover. It. Yeah. Uh, there was actually a real lynching in Cairo, Illinois, which is in this district in nineteen sixty six. So uh, people were, that are voting in this election were still were alive, probably saw the lynching, you know. So uh, it's it's a deep it's a deep Illinois, you know, historical. Yeah. Uh, it's I a, mean, that's it's a, a cool fact, thing. but I'm really sh <laughs> uh, confused as to what it does with just, the. I'm trying to paint a picture. I of don't think the person who was lynched Illinois. is going to be voting. Montgomery, Alabama, just opened a lynching <laughs> memorial. I promise you, those people aren't going Democrat. Second so I don't one. know what you're saying right now. Second, that's <laughs> what I'm calling. I'm calling boast. This is why we invited I just, Eric. I, I, I just, why we invited. What did he say? He said, "I think." Uh, I'll repeat it. Oh. Second comment. <laughs> All right, Montana at large. Montana at large. So we have We're skipping it. Hold on. So no. Are you? Are, are you going Democrat then? No, I'm saying boast. But okay. Oh, All right. It's just a fun fact. Okay, then. but because but, but but just so everyone was listening, there was a lynching in '66 that people saw. Okay. So Montana, Montana at large. Uh, we Greg have Gianforte. Greg the Rock Gianforte. Yeah. If you don't know who this guy is, this is the guy who won the special election in 2017. By and the day before he body slammed a reporter. <laughs> Since then, it's been a toss up. It, uh, it, it helped his polling. <laughs> it really helped his polling. Uh, but anyway. Grant, we're going to yeah, kick this one to you. I, I'm going to go Gianforte. Um, the interesting one about this one is it's an at-large bid, so it's a statewide election, and the Republicans leading the polling. And then in the statewide Senate race, the Democrat is leading the polling. So, I mean, I guess who knows, but I'm going uh, with Gianforte. Yeah, Let me also I'm, throw I'm this in. Gianforte. Let me also throw this in. Uh, Re 538 has Gianforte at 84%. Real Clear Politics has it at Gianforte by 3.7 points. Uh, Eric? Yeah, for sure. You're going Gianforte? <laughs> uh, I am. Why do we have so many races that are like. I am going Democrat. 85% chance. What do you You're think? You're picking the Democrat? I'm going Democrat. Here's the polls in the last month. Oh, my God. October 6th plus 8, Gianforte. 13th plus, October 13th plus 3, 26th even. I think she, if you look at the trend, I think it's going to go her. So. You, will you bet on it? No. So don't take it to Vegas, folks. Yeah. All right. Up next, we've got North Carolina 13th. She looks so nice. Like, she is e very nice. Even if she doesn't win, I want her to knit me an Afghan. <laughs> that was That's Eric Hendricks. That was Eric Hendricks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, all right. So right now we've got te uh, for... 
Ted Budd, we've got uh, Predicted has it at 69%. 538 has this at 68.2%. Uh, who went first last time? Eric, let's go with you. I went first last time. All right, Grant, let's go with you. He didn't. I don't pay attention to what y'all say. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ted Budd, I like Kathy Manning, but... All right. All right. We got the one Democrat on the show who's going to pick all the Republicans. Yeah. Which, which is good. Good. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Ted Budd for sure. Oh, I, I won't say for sure. There's definitely a shot that uh, Kathy Manning can pull this out. It's not like lop, it's not that lopsided. No. This but is this is one of those polls that's been changing literally yeah. day to day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, North Carolina. That's like. They voted overwhelmingly for Trump. So, if if you could if you could vote overwhelmingly as a state for Trump in 2016, you can vote for Ted Budd in 2018. All right. Well, I don't well, I don't know what those numbers are, but I can tell you this is not a statewide race. So, there's that. Yeah. Uh, also, the special elections would say differently. Yeah. We've been seeing 20 point right? swings on the special elections. So. Let me also no. say. Uh, so, oh, Eric, Jake, who you what? got? Who you got? Sorry, I cut you off. Oh. Uh, Nothing, but I'd like to finish my story about the suburbs. Go for um, it. <laughs> so, yeah, changing demographic in traditionally rural areas that are now becoming suburbs is something to watch. New Jersey is a big one. There are four seats open in New Jersey. Three of them have – that they're, they're all held by Republicans at the moment. Three of them could potentially swing Democratic. Uh, same thing with Pittsburgh suburbs, uh, Connor Lamb's old district, uh, which has now been so back in january the pennsylvania supreme court ruled that the map for the house districts was unconstitutional and they read i think it was the u.s supreme court no it was pennsylvania sometimes i'm wrong go ahead uh so they redrew the whole map. So Con- Connor Lamb is now running in a district that didn't even exist when he ran uh, back in the special election last year and won. So it's it's something to really to watch is these collar counties around major metropolitan areas are turning more and more Democratic where they were traditionally Republican strongholds. So that's something interesting to watch. Also, I want to just put even more broader context on this, more broad context. Uh, it's, so it's broader. I don't know why I work with this guy. Anyway, so the Democrats, as I said, need to pick up 23 seats to take back the House. The average swing uh, is usually 30 seats not in favor of the sitting president. So they have a good chance with that. And then there are 60 seats that are competitive right now and that lean Democratic. So we could see, I don't know if it's going to be the blue wave that everybody's prognosticating, but the the chances that the Republicans hold the House, sorry, Eric, is slim to none. Oh, Yeah. For sure, slim. But I, I'll say this, and I don't think we're—I don't think Republicans are going to. But if Republicans do have nine point two percent of the people who voted for Obama voting for Republicans, yeah, I do think we'll uh, keep the House. I don't think that's going to happen. But I don't, the I don't fact think so that either. they switched to begin with—I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah, so. but you've seen—you've seen, you've seen uh, female voters slowly and slowly migrate away from the Republican Party over the past two years. I want—I wonder why. At least, at least I, we're being honest. I have a couple theories. Um, yeah. So first off, hi Haley, hi Sam, hi Kathy. Uh, I know a couple of people working for this campaign, so I'm going Kathy Manning, but it's a purely biased pick anyway. Just saying. Next race. All right. Ohio first. Uh, this one, when we picked it, it was a lot closer. As of now, it's Steve Chabot, eighty-seven percent from predict Chabot, whatever. Eighty. People do that in my last name too. Sorry, sorry, Steve Chabot. Uh, if you're listening and you're not. Predict it, 87%, 538, 83.6. Uh, 
Anybody? I'm still going to go with uh, Pureval. I'm not saying that right. County Clerks get a lot of name recognition. Uh, most of his counties in this district. And he had the best uh, non-negative ad I've seen in this whole election. Look it up. It's a good softball ad. Paints himself as a real American baseball guy. I love it. Okay. Um, so this is my one like upset pick for no reason other than I just like him. Yeah. All right. Eric? Yeah, I'm going to go with the guy who's ahead 6% on average. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so let me say that I was actually going to pick Pureval. The reason I'm going Chabot or Chabot, Chabot is because uh, the yes. last month of Pureval's campaign, he's had, I think, the entire leadership of his campaign staff, the staff has exited. He's also had a couple people get caught for uh, campaign finance, uh, breaking campaign finance law. So I, otherwise, I probably would have gone with you, but I think the last month's kind of killed him. But so I'm going Chabot. Here, Jake. I don't have. Okay. Let's, Jake's, let's, Jake's I'm out. waiting until the Senate comes around. All right. Uh, Texas 23rd. This is Will Hurd versus Gina Ortiz Jones right now. Heard 81% by predict it. 538 has it 78.1. None of these are close. They were when we picked them. Well, can't we just skip them? Yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> let, let, hey, I want to I wanna hear what Grant thinks at least. Is this another upset or no? No. I no. think <laughs> Texas is going to let the Dems down. Man. All right. Yeah, let's. let's oh, across the board. Next. Next. 32, Texas 32 is Pete Sessions uh, versus Colin Allred. Oh, one comment just on these two districts that I remember from looking at them. They're both uh, kind of these suburb districts that Jake has been describing. Uh, they're drawn into get. I think the 32nd is a little bit of Dallas, and the 23rd is a little bit of uh, another, maybe Houston, another bigger city. So um, it'll be. I don't think it's the year, but it'll be interesting to see where these goes. Texas is like the fastest growing state in the nation, and especially the the city. So it'll be interesting to see where these go in four and eight years. Just not this year. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm picking Sessions on this one. So, Jake's going Sessions. Jake, who'd you go? Sessions. I mean, I'm sorry. Eric, who'd you go? All right. So, I'm going to go Sessions, but I just want to point out that around the Kavanaugh hearings, the race tightens up uh, pretty significantly, and that's normally the opposite yeah. of what happened, in, which I just found interesting. I have no idea why. Tightened in what way? Uh, just the, the, the polling tightened. It actually had him. Yeah, he Nor pulled. Nor normally during the Kavanaugh hearings, when the Kavanaugh hearings happened, what I saw in like most races is mm. uh, the Republican either surged. pulled, yeah. surged, yeah, basically. Okay, pulled so the Democrat surged. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. that's how it tightened. It did. It, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he did. And in fact, the last poll had him at four. And I actually find it nuts because I'm pretty. I call myself center right, and I keep doing this, but I'm going Colin Allred for one. How the polling's looking, and two. The guy's a former NFL linebacker. I just think Texas is going to vote for that. I mean, hey, in the last poll that was done by the New York Times, he's ahead by 3.7. 3.7, so. yeah. There you go. All right. Now. He's miles ahead on the hunk. Utah fourth. Mia Love, who's been in office since 2015. Ben McAdams, he's the mayor of – I don't know how – I guess they only have mayor of counties, but he's the mayor of Salt Lake County. Uh, he's been in the state legislature. Right now, predicted has McAdams at plus – at winning by 2.3 points and 538 has McAdams at 61.1 percent yeah this is a tight one this I I think this is one of those true toss-ups uh who, Grant go ahead yeah, Grant. Um, I'm going Ben McAdams uh Salt Lake City County which he was mayor of is 85 percent of the district his approval rating was 54 percent 
whereas Love's incumbency approval rating was only 47%. So he's, you know, do the math there. That works pretty well for him. Um, yeah, I'm going McAdams. I, I, I do like them both, though. I, I like Mia Love, too. Why do you like her? You're going to put me on the spot? Well, you said it. I know. Yeah, I watched a bunch of ads today, and she came across well. That's oh, all I'm going to say. Fair enough. I guess I guess this will be my upset pick. I think Love uh, might take it. Hold it's going to be close. But, again, during the Kavanaugh hearings, this is an example of the Republican surging. Uh, and, you know, at one point it looks like it was, like, I mean, some of, th- some of these are, what is it? I mean, that's a, that's a huge get. It's a 10% maybe. And then the Kavanaugh hearings happened, and now all of a sudden it's virtually a toss-up. A neck so, and neck. Yeah. All right. Cool. Jake, you got a pick? Nope. All right. I'm going I'm going Mia Love here. She's the incumbent and I think she's broken even uh I th- it's a toss up. I'm going to I just I went with her cuz she's the incumbent and I thought that's how it's going to go. It's a good enough reason. Yeah. All right. Next. Virginia 7th. Virginia 7th. This is an interesting race. Been waiting all night for this one. Yeah, so the Virginia 7th right now, sorry, right now predict it has Dave Bratt winning 61%. 538 has it at 56.9. The reason why this is interesting is Dave Bratt is the guy who who ended up being far more conservative, but he knocked out Eric Cantor, who's the former House Majority Leader for the Republicans. And he is now in a neck-and-neck race with the Democrat. So this district has changed clearly dramatically. Well, this is why I wanted to finish my little suburb talk, because this is exactly what I was talking about. This is one of those districts that is becoming increasingly less rural by the year. Uh, this, I think they've seen like a 20% population influx over the past uh, five years, which is pretty significant. And again, this is one of those districts that's based around a somewhat metropolitan area where there's been a lot of tech coming in. So because Virginia is so good in terms of corporate tax rates, there's a ton of tech companies coming into there and Pennsylvania, as I was trying to say earlier. So that's a little piece of information. And then also, Abigail Spanberger is such an attractive candidate. She's a former CIA officer. Yep. She, she's outstanding. Um, so this is really, I think this is one of those races that we could see her pulling out a lead tomorrow. Eric, what do you think? Uh, I can definitely see that. Uh, the only thing is, I think the third party is actually going to play a factor in this race. Ooh. Uh, that makes it more unpredictable. Joe, Joe Walton, I know. He's a libertarian candidate, uh, and the what, what it looks like there's only a 0.9% difference between uh, the Republican brat and uh, Spanberger's polling. So I think it's possible that either the libertarian steals it away by leeching off a lot of the more conservative voters because they're mad at Brett for not returning to the district, which is exactly how Brett first got elected uh, against Eric Cantor. Or uh, that's, that's Cantor, Eric Cantor, Cantor, whatever. He's the highest ranking yeah, Jew. Yeah, was it, wasn't he poached off by the Tea Party movement, Eric Cantor? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 He was. What? Or he was poached off by the right, Tea Party yeah, movement. No one cares that, about that my Brett. Yeah. Sorry, Eric. Good. No. Uh, so either either the Libertarian candidate's gonna uh, leech off too much of the conservative vote, or the Libertarian Party is going to realize that their vote is kind of like just a protest vote, and they're going to have to decide if they'd rather have a more conservative-leaning brat versus a Spanberger. So uh, 
I'll go with honestly. I'm going to go with the Democrat Spanberger on this one. Yeah, I think that's a wise All choice, right. honestly. Grant. Yeah, Spanberger. Brat went too far. All right. Cool. Yeah, uh, Jake. You got anybody? I'm picking Spanberger all day long, honestly. I, I mean, anybody who listens to this show or knows me personally knows that I'm not an acolyte for the Democratic Party, but I like Spanberger a lot in this race. I think that she's a, one of the best candidates that's on the field in the House right now. I do, too. Well, I, I do, too. If I was voting, I would vote Spanberger, but I, I think I just think Brat's going to hold on to the seat. The I don't. polling's gone in his direction the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I, well, yeah, and I, honestly, I hope he does. I, I don't think he's a bad candidate, but... Um, I just think that is he a Freedom Caucus guy? Yep. Yeah. 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 You know, he's very conservative, but it's a conservative district. I don't think that's the issue. That's Grant. I think Grant said that he thinks he went too far to the right. I don't think that's that's necessarily the case. I think he went too far to D.C. I don't think he's been back uh, campaigning enough. That's what uh, exactly what got Cantor beaten. Yeah. Exactly. Swamp now. Uh, yeah. This district yeah. is already swamp monster this, now. This, this district. He's a dirty, dirty swamp monster. <laughs> no. This this district's already proven. <laughs> this district, if, if it's shown anything, it's already proven that they'll kick someone out. They don't really care. So. Yeah. No, I think that's right. I agree. All right, Washington fifth. Um, this, yeah. This one. This is another one that's gone a little since we picked it in two weeks ago. It's gone a little. Uh, Further in, yeah, um, the Republican incumbent is yeah, she, by, it's walking away. Yeah, yeah. she's it's a yeah. predicted it's got it at seventy four percent, five thirty eight have it has it seventy seven. Um, I think Lisa Brown, like you said about uh, the CIA uh, Spanberger, is yeah. uh, I think she's a very attractive candidate as well. Former Senate Majority Leader, she's uh, she's also served in the State House. So Senate Majority Leader of the Washington State. Uh, so I, I think she's been around long enough. I think she would she could give her over some appeal, but yeah, she's been in office since '05. And yeah, let's just do some re- predictions real quick and move on. Yeah, Eric, what do you think? Uh, it'll be Rogers, but I just want to point out that there's been no polling done since September. So true. It, it could be could be one of these could be one of the th- that we think is safe and major the polling. Of, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, the only ones that matter. Grant. I have no information or reason to go against the polling. So. All right. All right. And Wisconsin first. This All one right. This is one is another one that's been a runaway. Yeah. It was cool a couple weeks ago when uh, they were running neck and neck. This was Paul Ryan's old seat. But well, I know it's still cool, that mustache. Yeah. Yeah. He's an iron worker. <laughs> His nickname is Iron Stash. I yeah. love that guy. So this is, uh, this is the throne that Paul Ryan abdicated uh, when he stepped down. Well, when he is stepping down, but yeah. I just rolled my eyes in a very bitchy way. Randy Bryce had the best. I like how we were afraid of Eric, and not to cut you off, Grant, but I'm going to make it all about me for a second because it's kind of my thing. I like how we were worried about Eric and Grant getting into it, and you and I have been way worse. Like, way worse. But so much more <laughs> passive-aggressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The night's young. Yeah. Randy Bryce the had the young. best initial campaign ad. The yeah. Iron Stash when he first came out with it. Yeah. That was, like, huge. Yeah, I thought I thought Paul Ryan didn't run. Yeah, of course it is. So, I, I like his hard like hat. Yeah, this issue. guy actually. That's that's a good point. This guy was actually the re- Democrat was there long before Ryan said he was bowing out. But this guy has a he wears around an awesome hard hat. It looks like a hippie vest from the set sixties. Yeah, union, union first time awesome hard hat's maker. ever been said. Right, exactly. <laughs> check check out the picture of his hard hat. Uh, uh, all right, so we're all going Republican. How many times has this guy been arrested? Who? I remember Three. It was a lot. One DUI, two political protests. Okay. Randy Bryce. They say that's what saw, sunk uh, Beto. Beto. All right, moving on. All right, and door prize okay, number two. I want Michaela to play a game with me. Uh, Michaela, you playing? Come on. 
before before we get off the house, uh, one that's not on here that's a good one to watch is Illinois 14. The uh, Democratic candidate is Lauren Underwood. She's like surged in the last couple weeks. It's going to be an important seat because Illinois is going to lose a congressional representative in 2020. So the more Democrats that get in now, uh, we're going to lose a South Side seat basically. So we're going to have go from 19 to 18 in the state. And if we can get a Democrat in the Burbs, that again Illinois 14th, huge race to watch. So just keep your eyes open. Well, yeah, and that's actually my district. So, uh, yeah, yeah. A uh, Hulkern. Hulkern, who's a Tea Party guy. And yeah. he's, you know, he's got a. F- he doesn't even have. You know, the big advantage about the incumbency is the fundraising, right? But all these Democrats are just out fundraising everyone. So, mm. hey, good for them. But it's too bad Arthur Jones isn't getting more funding. Just so we're clear to everyone who's listening, that was a joke. That, that was, was a joke. joke. That was a joke. I do not endorse the Holocaust denier. By any means, does the Dialogue DeNovo team not endorse the Holocaust denier? Okay. I actually have a, an attorney who's running a writing campaign against Arthur Jones, who works at my firm. Good guy. Anyway. Good. I hope, he, get, I hope he gets struck by lightning tomorrow. All right. Game number two. I'm so excited. Michaela, you're going to love this. all right as we all know the midterm elections are tomorrow but by no means are they the first elections to be held since the 2016 presidential election numerous seats have been filled across the country in special elections over the past few years although it may feel like a decade for some of them uh anyway Some of those special elections made national headlines because of the insane events that took place during those races. So we're playing a a game called, Did That Really Happen? And uh, Michaela's going to play with us. So here here is how the game is played. Our panel is going to read three statements about something crazy that happened during one of the special elections. One of the statements is true, and the other two were made up by me. So you guess the statement that is true correctly, and you'll win a Starbucks gift card. Before do we uh, get to this one, I just want to say that I uh, revel in every chance to stick it to Roy Moore. So, uh, Jake, take it away. Oh, wait. Hold on. Can I see, uh, can I see yours? Yeah. All right. Which of the following actually happened during the Alabama special election in 2017? Is it A... A senatorial candidate for Alabama fired his pistol into the air while on stage at a campaign rally? Is it B? A senatorial candidate was credibly accused of molesting underage girls, leading to a Democrat being elected for the first time in 25 years. Or is it C? President Trump was was caught on tape first calling Alabama a shithole. A shithole state. And then wondered out loud why we even need a senator from Alabama. Which one actually happened? Uh, uh, B. That's right. Yeah, that was Roy Moore. That is that is true. That was Roy Moore. <laughs> Fun fact: I met Roy Moore. I'm kidding. No, but I didn't. <laughs> I I have met Roy Moore a couple times. Uh, uh, he, he's not going to talk to I me. I feel like I need a cold time. shower now. Okay. <laughs> Question two: Which of the following actually happened during an Alabama special election in 2017? Is it A? Richard, any time now. A Senate candidate from Alabama Bro, rode a horse. This show rode a horse to a polling station. Kiss my ass, Eric. Wearing a cowboy hat to cast a ballot for himself. Was it B? The Democratic Senate candidate from Alabama asked a crowd at one of his own rallies, "Why haven't you all moved to Atlanta yet? It's the New York." 
the city of the South? It's the New York of the South, Atlanta. Or was it C? The two senatorial candidates challenged each other to a moonshine drinking contest, with both agreeing that the loser would withdraw from the race. Which one was it, Michaela? Uh, A. Yeah, that was also a Roy Moore. Uh, a man who... <laughs> Everybody remembers him in that little uh, cute little cowboy outfit, right? Yeah, yeah. Roy Moore, a man who, if nothing else, really understands good optics. Yeah. <laughs> One of our attorneys is all right. you. All right, all right. It, I'm one of them. I can say it. It's fine. We yep. can move on. Okay. All right. That won him the election. Last question. Michaela, you've already won the game. I know. This is a great moment for you. Uh, which of the following actually happened during a special election for the Montana at-large congressional seat? Was it A? A congressional candidate for Montana fired his pistol in the air while on stage at a campaign rally. A congressional candidate body slammed a reporter the night before the election, won the election anyway, and later received praise from President Trump, who, as we all know, is a lifelong WWE fan. He is. He really loves it. He's, a, he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> or was it C? But really, in all seriousness, the guy body slammed a reporter and still won the election. <laughs> Which one was it? Uh, C. Oh, it yeah. was B. Oh. It was B. That should be an automatic loss. Yeah, yeah, B was B was he body slammed a reporter, and C was but really he body slammed a reporter. So, yeah. All right, guys, don't get divorced before you. She already won. Oh yeah. By the way, congratulations on your engagement. That was her fiance. It was yelling at Freshly engaged. Great couples night. A dialogue to know. She's beautiful as ever. Um, I have met Roy Moore, by the way, Michaela. I haven't yet, oh. but I would love to. Doug Jones is was the first political candidate I ever contributed to. All right, so chances of keeping the House. You guys are going to love game three. Yeah. Can't wait to play. Chances of keeping the House. Democrats have it right now. This is off of real clear politics. They have it at 85.9%. Uh, yeah, chance of taking the House, sorry. 85.9%. Republicans have a 14.1% chance of maintaining control. Um,. The current predictions, it looks like the average median is a 39 Democratic seat gain. And anybody need this chart anymore? Nope. Go ahead. All right. So, Grant, dun, house dun, predictions. Dun, What's dun, your final? I don't even know if my math is right, so I'm going to get. I'm gonna criticize myself. I'm going 42 because I think I have three upsets. You're picking 42 seats the yeah, Democrats yeah, yeah. gain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, is, what does that make it? Uh, They're at 193 right now. We'll go. Well, Eric, go ahead. I think we're Repu- 135. I, I think Republicans are going to lose the House and they'll probably have 210 seats total. Okay. Uh, you think the, they'll have how many? Sorry. 210. 210. Go ahead. Jake. Are you actually writing these down? Yes. Okay. So that we can post them in the show notes. We never do that. I, um, I always <laughs> do it. That's why I work harder than you. Oh, fuck off. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so I think the Democrats. I I don't see a path forward for the Republicans to keep the House. Um, Democrats pick up thirty-seven seats. Um. Yeah. I've got. I've got Democrats taking the House two twenty-five to two ten. Um. It's just. I. I I'm really afraid of what would happen if they didn't. <laughs> Not because of political issues, but. 
I mean, everyone saw how fast that women's march was organized. If the Republicans keep the House, I think the country gets set on fire by Democrats. Oh, I have thoughts on this. <laughs> okay. Do share. No, I think I think Richard's exactly right. If if the Democrats don't take the House, there's going to be a new wave in the Democratic Party that says we were resisting before, but we weren't resisting enough, and shit's going to get crazy. I no, I I really I, I really honestly believe that. I see trains getting derailed. In in the metaphorical sense, maybe. Let's go to the Senate. Oh, wah, wah. is this working? All right. So, <laughs> Senate, U.S. Senate. This Here is we the go. Fun, this is the fun part. This is the fun. And this part. is what everybody's looking for. So, all right. First off, see ya. Thanks for coming, guys. All right. So, first off, Florida. We got Bill Nelson. He's been in office since 2001. He's the incumbent. Rick Scott, who has been governor since 2011, is running against him. As of right now, predict it has Nelson holding on at 51 percent. 538 has Nelson his odds at 67.2 percent of winning. Just to be clear, predict it is a gambling website, which means for every 51 you get a full dollar. So <laughs> for every 51 cents you bet, you get a full dollar. So Grant, check that yeah, out going, tonight. Uh, There's still time, folks. Bill Nelson. Um, Scott's running on repealing the Affordable Care Act. I don't think that I don't know much about Florida. I guess, but I don't think that's playing well nationally. And yeah, incumbent advantage. I think this is a Bill Nelson one. It's close though, but Bill Nelson. I think Andrew Gillum's going to get more Democrats to pull too. Oh uh, God. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. What do you What do you mean by that? You mean he's running for governor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Andrew Gillum's going to get Democrats to the poll, and then they're just going to vote down ballot. Yes. Okay. I can see. Uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Andrew Gillum. Because we uh we've already been talking about people under investigation for fraud, uh, Andrew Gillum has uh is currently the subject of how's that pizza good? I leaned away from the I leaned away from the mic for <laughs> no, a reason. No 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 no. I just want to make sure that we're all clear. He's not adding anything to the segment. Uh anyway, Andrew Gillum. Do you want me to keep cutting you off? Andrew Gillum. I can. Andrew Gillum. <laughs> Andrew, Gill Andrew Gillum is under investigation from the FBI right now. Uh, undercover FBI agents knew that there was uh, corruption going on in the Tampa City local government. Uh, or what, what was it? It was Tampa, right? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Um, and they went and gave him Hamilton tickets. He didn't pay for them. They flew his family to Washington, D.C. He didn't pay them back. So he has been taking essentially bribes from people posing as lobbyists who are actually undercover FBI agents. Uh, Andrew Gillum is still getting a lot of good play in the national media, though. So that's probably because it's he's good to be a Democrat. He's running against a pretty unpopular Republican, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's now, actually it's going to be a very interesting we've, race. We've to watch won with worse. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we yeah. we had one earlier where they body slammed a reporter. So I, I don't know. Plus, no one really seems to care about indi indictments. But Grant, where are you going here? You went. He already went. Nelson, yeah. Eric. Honestly, I don't even want to call this one. I think it's uh, a lot closer. Uh, I do agree that the governor's race is gonna help Democrats overall. Uh, so if I had, if 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 you're forcing me to pick, I'd probably go with Nelson. But. Uh, I definitely think that there's a legitimate 
a very strong possibility that Scott will wind up winning. Yeah, Rick Scott is a strong candidate, make no mistake, and he's riding a high right now over how he handled Hurricane Michael. And, and uh, the uh, shooting in and, Parkland. Oh, and Republicans in general have a strong ground game in Florida. Yeah, he, I, yeah, I agree. Rick Scott also is a very attractive candidate, but he's, I don't think he's going to win this. I think it's just going to stick. 2001, I think it's sticking with him, with Bill Nelson. Let's go to Nevada because I, uh, I have some strong thoughts about this one. Nevada. Dirty Dean Heller. Dirty, dirty boy. He's uh, been, in, been in office since 2011. Uh, the Jackie Rosen, she's been the representative since she won the special election. Or no, since 2017. Dirty she, Dean. Uh, as of now, we've got Predict what? It. Predict It has... Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get into it. Hold on. Predict It has Rosen... Predict it has Rosen at 60%. 538 has Heller at 52.4%. So we've got a little different. He's a dirty boy. Um, <laughs> Context. Uh, yeah, so Dean Heller is one of the most feckless politicians in Congress right now. He has no spine whatsoever. Um, Dean Heller will tell one reporter sitting in the same media pool one thing and then turn and tell the other one a different thing. Uh, so... Jackie Rosen is currently really running on health care for the simple reason that Dirty Dean Heller said that. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying it until people get used stop to it. Stop laughing. Until people stop laughing. Go That's ahead. That's usually my cue. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, Dean Heller intentionally went back and held a town hall meeting in Nevada and said that he was pro-universal health care and that he would not vote to vote. He would not vote to repeal the ACA and then subsequently immediately returned to Washington, D.C. and voted to repeal the ACA. Um, so that gives Jackie Rosen a really strong platform to say that Dirty Dean Heller tried to take away your health care. Um, I'll also say this, that Dean Heller is extremely vulnerable right now because he is the only incumbent Republican senator running in a state that Hillary Clinton won. And as we all know, Nevada is turning more and more purple, uh, election cycle to election cycle. So uh, there's a good chance that Rosen wins this one walking away, in my opinion. I think that she wins, and I think that she does it handily. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Either Heller will eke out a victory, or Rosen just, like, hits a grand slam on this race. Who's your, who's your pick, though? Uh, my pick is Heller ekes out a win. All right. Mm, that's miss That's miss That's misguided. Um, no, I, honestly, I think the Kavanaugh Rosen, hearings. I think the Kavanaugh Rosen. hearings are going to turn out the Trump. No, uh, hear me out. Hear me out. I think he's moderate. I have to. I think he's, well, yeah. You better hope so. I, I think the uh, moderate Republicans like Heller to begin with, and I think that his biggest problem was getting the conservative vote, but because of both Trump's endorsement and also the Kavanaugh hearings, I think the Trump base is energized, and I think they might push him over the edge. It's going to be tough work I, for I'm going to actually quibble a little bit. I'm going to disagree because I, the Kavanaugh hearings are almost five weeks ago at this point. Three and a half, but okay. They started five weeks ago we're talking not just the blazy ford hearings mm -hmm. our memory as a collective is so short and it's so so minimal and there's been at least twenty thousand news cycles between then and now i i think the enthusiasm doesn't hold yes but i don't know i i think it does like republican a lot of republicans and trump voters still piss at obama <laughs> And that was at a minimum two years ago. I I definitely think you you don't need you don't need to know a specific issue to know you're pissed and you want the other side to lose. I, I think I think it's gonna work out for him. Let me also say that I've I've got a friend who works on the Hill for a Democrat, and I remember texting him during the reason we keep Eric keeps bringing up the 
Kavanaugh hearings and the reason why it actually worked, why the Kavanaugh hearings helped the Republicans as opposed to the Democrats is because the Democrat base was at about a nine in enthusiasm. The Republican base, this is directly from my buddy who works for a hardcore Democrat in the House. Name him. I'm not going to. Uh, he Democrat Democrats were already at like a nine. Re- Republicans were at about a three. So the hearings Fake took news. the hear yeah. So the hearings took the Republicans from about a three to about a six in in enthusiasm for voting. If they took the Democrats from about a nine to like a nine point two. So that's why that keeps coming up. But. Uh, I've got Rosen in this one. Didn't follow that. Okay, well, that you didn't have to. I got Rosen in this one. The the polls have been going in her favor the last few weeks. Yeah, I, I and what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say that this is one of those seats that Democrats need to pick up in order to have any chance at gaining a majority in the Senate. Because I will get to the race, but I think they're losing Heidi Heitkamp, and they need to sweep the board otherwise and pick up a seat somewhere else. And I think that Nevada is the place they're going to do it. Oh, and Heller needs to kill it in the rural areas because mm. vegas you know big city leans democrats so if the turnout f- well we have Sheldon sheldon adelson the, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah but that's one vote and like a billion dollars where know? does nevada lean on immigration i don't know they're far enough they're away from the state, right? they, they have no. a significant no. hispanic no. population they're, they're not a border state they're one off the border i believe so yeah. i don't think they I think like they they had a piece of it on the border Hold on. yeah they're not a border state that's what i said They're, they're no a bo- one, he, no he meant a border of Mexico. Just so we're I clear. said they're not. They're far enough away from the border. You know, you know. I provide nuanced, Nevada has pertinent information. Leave me alive. All right. Nevada has that little bottom part that dips. I didn't know if that touched. Yeah. The, uh, no, that touches yeah, California. Anyway. Indiana. Tom, by the way, if you have any questions, Wait, Joe Donnelly. Don't Donnelly, Donnelly. Is that your dad? All right, Indiana. <laughs> Indiana. Is that your dad. Uh, <laughs> first off, hi Keegan. Just say, oh, oh Keegan, yeah. He's hi Keegan. Um, so, Joe Donnelly. <laughs> Joe Donnelly is a is he and Manchin are probably the two most moderate Democrats in the Senate. He's been in office since 2013. Uh, Mike Braun is running a pretty strong campaign, but again, Indiana is Mike Pence country, so we'll see where that's going. As of now, we've got. Predicted has Donnelly at fifty four percent, and five thirty eight has Donnelly at seventy point seven percent retaining his seat. Mm-hmm. I got. I'm taking Donnelly on this one. Donnelly supports the wall, super pro Second Amendment, which are plays I think maybe you have to make in Indiana for a statewide race. So, um, but he's in the incumbent, and I think generally he's kind of popular. So, yeah, Donnelly's been running ads too, saying like sometimes I agree with the president, sometimes I don't. Uh, so it, it, that's the interesting uh, tightrope act that you have to that you have to walk when you are a red state Democrat such as Joe Donnelly. Um, Eric, no, yeah, I think Donnelly wins. I don't think it's anywhere near as close as the polls say it's going to be. I've got Braun. So why I've been going against why I'm, I've been looking at the polls. He's been inching up and inching up, and I think that with the the last two or three polls were done in the last week or so and i think if republicans haven't torpedoed their campaign over the last week when it comes to um both the the 
bombs that were being sent around and the shooting, even though I don't necessarily, even though they were both nutcases and I don't necessarily blame the Republicans for it, but I do say that is not playing in the Republicans' favor right now. If Republicans can hang on to the polling, I think it's a good shot that it's going to swing that way, and I think Braun's going to end up taking the seat. So, oh, I hope you're right. I can't wait to talk about Ted Cruz and Beto. Why? Do we, why? Because He's it's gonna up it's next. So funny, Missouri. Oh wait, we just kidding. Oh, All right. Ted oh. Cruz. Ted Cruz, Beto O'Rourke. B E T O. You you love Cruz? Video. It's a real video. Oh, you love Beto? He's uh he's a skateboarder. You what? You would? Well, as we heard earlier, no one would care. So you're you're good there. He's a good Trump shooting that guy in the middle of Manhattan. Uh, anyway, Beto. God, what can you say about a man who got into a DUI when he was 26 years old and fled the scene? Um, <laughs> he has already won the gold medal for outraising every other uh, race in, in history. He had the biggest quarter, 38.1 million, as we mentioned, and he also won the award for coolest kickflip from a guy over 40. He does a sick ollie as well. Cruz, Amy, you know what? Cruz is gonna walk away with this. It's gonna be a home run. Not only that, Did can you? we just can we just? I just want to point out: only in Texas can you get the Irish guy pretending to be a Hispanic, and then the white okay. guy naming himself Ted. You know, all right. Uh, well, the the white guy whose name is Raphael naming himself Ted. But okay, he, he, sure he wasn't trying to pander to white voters there. No, okay. that's what I just said. Well, I wasn't listening. So here we go. <laughs> you just repeated it. Uh. So Ted Cruz, yeah, steel Great jokes. Thank you. Man. So Ted Cruz, I wasn't listening. Sorry, that one's on me. Ted Cruz predicted has it at eighty percent. Uh, Five thirty-eight has Cruz at seventy-seven point one percent. I think we should predict the percentage victory for Cruz in this race. Yeah, what's the margin? What's the over under here? Wait, do you, who do you have, Grant? I have Cruz too. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, I'll yeah. go. I'll go. It's close though. I'll go three. Cruz by three percent. So so three percent or like fifty-three forty-seven. Like fifty-two forty-nine. That's one hundred one percent. But okay, uh, go <laughs> <Whatever>. ahead. Well, <laughs> I mean, Democrats do vote from the dead. So, um, I'll predict. I, I'm gonna say Cruz gets fifty-six percent of the vote. That's intense. I, uh, I think it's gonna be a much wider gap. No, no dead voters. I, th- I'm, I think both of y'all are wrong. I think it's gonna be a much wider gap. I think that uh, that people are now kind of angry with Beto because it's I think he accepted about a month ago that he wasn't going to win this race and has been running for president for 2020 and I, I think agree. Texas is kind of angry at him he took which is he took in 30 that was his number one criticism against Cruz right he That's right stuck. he took in 38.1 million dollars and he refused to share it with a single Democrat I think not only Thank are, you, not only not only are Democrats angry with him I think people in Texas are angry with him and even though what did Ted Cruz get accused of being in the last election? Uh, the Zodiac. Zodiac killer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, even though he's running against Zodiac killer. <laughs> I still believe it. Yeah. I, I think I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be close to. I, I'm gonna say 58-42 Cruz. Mm. At, yeah, but I, I I think it's just because they're angry at Beto. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the DNC really wanted Beto to share his war chest, but. He did not do it. Um, it's not a good look. Missouri. Oh, Claire McCaskill. Missouri. Claire She's going to lose. Right. So, hold on. Claire McCaskill. Right now we've got, predict it has uh, Josh Hawley 
at 53%. 538 has McCaskill at 63.7%. Um, McCaskill, somebody, somebody. Yeah, so Holly's going to win this one. He's been campaigning on the whole Brett Kavanaugh hearing, like you said. So I'll give you this one um, for once. And Claire McCaskill, who voted in favor or against confirming Brett Kavanaugh, that was a deeply, deeply, deeply unpopular thing for her to do. Most of her constituency, uh, every, every polling said that Missouri wanted Brett Kavanaugh confirmed. She did not break from her party's orthodoxy, and she probably will not be reelected for that reason. So I actually read somewhere, and I, I can't remember where, so forgive me, but... I read that the Kavanaugh hearing actually wasn't that big of a deal in Missouri. They really didn't give it. They didn't really care. I um, saw that too. Yeah. Sorry. No. Yeah. no, no did you remember the source so I can give credit? Every single one there? of Holly's ads has been focusing. And no, for sure. Hammering on for Kavanaugh. sure. But I, th I think the thing that's gonna swing the uh, Missouri voters his way is gonna be immigration. Honestly. Uh, Grant. Uh, I don't really have a good reason because I pretty much agree with everything uh, As that you Jake should. said. But I'm gonna pick McCaskill anyway. I, I'm just gonna go incumbency here, I guess. Good no. enough. So I actually think this race. I think she wouldn't even be the incumbent if it wasn't for her running against the dumbest Republican candidate, or the, one of the dumbest quotes by a Republican candidate of all time oh, in yeah. her last election. It was Todd Akin. Not gonna repeat the quote, but it's easily Googleable. Uh, so. I think this oh, yeah. goes goes she, Republican. She won like he gifted it to her. She she I think she ended up winning like seventy eight percent because of that because of that just horrific, her, disgusting line. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, I hope she enjoyed right. her six years. It's, so it was, it was twelve uh, years, by the way. All right, ten, Tennessee Senate. We got Bob Corker retiring. This one is stupidly close. There's no reason that Tennessee should be this close of a state. Uh, I disagree because. You know, from around there, and they have uh, Nashville and Memphis. But okay. Um, so Phil Bredesen, he's the former governor, and he's still extremely popular. So Trump has done his best to nationalize this race. And again, uh, Bredesen is running in the middle. He has an ad saying that uh, he will vote with Trump when he agrees with it, and that he will not when he does not. So I, I, again, this race is one of those ones that's been nationalized so if there's any race to watch that is a rebuke on trump where you can basically read trump into being on the ballot it's tennessee all right so we've got for this race we've got predicted has blackburn at 81 percent 538 has blackburn at 80.6 percent so that um who took the first last one Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, yeah, I think Blackburn walks away with this. But I will say that uh, Bredesen's a, basically the best candidate Democrats could get in that state, right? Well, they had a great recruiting effort yeah. when they when they found Bredesen. I agree. Yeah. He was governor for, for former governor, yeah. Tw yeah uh, former. 2003 to 2011. And his popularity still pulls at like 73%. Uh, he's, he's the Doug Jones of Tennessee. It's just she's not the Roy Moore of Tennessee. I, honestly, I don't even know about that because <laughs> – Doug Jones won because the Republican candidate was so horrible. I think that's what I, I said. But no, Doug I know, Jones, but Doug Jones is the best Democrat that's been put up in but, my lifetime. But but he could win. Well, any in election. the last fifteen, you put him years. up, he'll always be competitive. It doesn't matter who the candidate is, honestly, in my opinion. Bresden. Yeah, yeah. My, my only point was that he was a great Democratic candidate. But okay, I agree. All right, so 
you picked yet? No, I'm taking. Uh, Speaking uh, to the microphone, please, Grant. Blackburn, though. Sorry. Oh, oh yeah, I'm taking Blackburn. Sorry. All right. So you don't, you don't have any faith? Anybody? No, Jake, who, not you, in Tennessee. I'm taking Bresden on this one. Jake but is I, going Bresden. He's I, going I, upset. Really, no, honestly, I think that he has, he has the gusto. All right. I like it. I like it. You went against the grade. All right. What? That's it's a saying, Jake. All right. Uh, <laughs> Montana. John Tester out of Montana, 2007. He's the incumbent. He's up against Matt Rosendale, former. He's been the auditor of Montana since 2017. He's a, been a public servant since 2013, which is not necessarily long considering his gray hair. And right now, predicted has Tester at. 68% of retaining his seat. 538 has Tester at 88% of retaining his seat. So, Grant. Yeah, uh, Tester, I don't know much about Montana, to be frank. The polls look good for him. I liked his ads. It, it's insightful. Be- beautiful scenery, <laughs> great fishing. Yeah. It's all right. I have some of those, too. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have nothing to say about this race. Uh, I think uh, Tester wins it, but I, d- I don't know. What you said, five thirty-eight has him at eighty-eight. Eighty-eight percent. That's that seems high. I could well, definitely it, see Rosendale winning. Like, okay, like much closer than it is. I, I'd give him like I don't know sixty percent advantage. I don't want to throw it out there, but you know, eighty-eight percent is not a hundred percent. So uh, per, yeah, so, but it's so higher than sixty percent, right? Five thirty-eight also has him winning, but at twelve percent chance. Okay, <laughs> just move on. Okay. All right, Arizona. Arizona is a. This is a cool one to watch, Kate. Um, whoever, Kate, no, Kate, you'll like, you'll love, you'll love this. Do you want to? Do you? This this gets broadcast to the entire internet. Do you want us to put it there? Malcolm, it's Kate Malcolm. Okay, she is a law student, third year at Loyal. Thomas Frank. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's adorable. Anyway, Arizona, Martha. Arizona. Interesting thing about this race, Kate, which you'll love. Um, Pay attention. Whoever, no, whoever wins this race, regardless of the party, will be Arizona's first female senator. And also, Kate. Also, Kate. Martha McSally, former rugby player. Not true, but I knew you'd like it. (laughs) So, okay. It might be true. I just made it up. Uh, uh, Kristen Cinema has been getting hit really hard in the past few weeks because they dug up a bunch of videos of her from her younger years uh, being an anti-war protester. They don't look great for her. It looks like she has a lot of issues with uh, the United States and government. If I remember is this correctly, the pink tutu video. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't Nick Sally the first female uh, fighter pilot? Yes, she yes. is. Yes, she, uh, the first female fighter pilot in. Uh, active duty, and then and then Cinema is wearing like, a pink toto tutu protesting her. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't look good for her. Yeah. Uh, so, right, and she also there's a few quotes that she that Cinema gave to the newspaper where she she might be uh, siding with siding with um, Fidel Castro, but that's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. She she's openly but, a communist. All right, so predict it right now. <laughs> Right now, predict it has McSally sixty-six per, or sixty percent. Five thirty-eight has Cinema, Cinema fifty-eight percent. This is one of those true toss-ups. This could really go either way. I think didn't isn't it? Uh, maybe someone else will know better than me. But didn't Cinema uh, vote like sixty percent of the time in favor of Trump 
uh, favored legislation. Right. Yeah. No, it, that, that, that's right. Uh, I mean, same with Joe Donnelly. You say same s- 60% of the time? 60% of the time. Everyone voted 60% of the time. Some of the stuff is just like basic funding stuff. That's not it's not accurate to say everybody did though. I think okay. Sanders was like twelve or something ridiculous. Yeah, right, well, you sometimes can, if you I'm go wrong. Five thirty eight. There's plenty of Democratic uh, senators who are more of the like left leaning caucus that do not vote with Trump. Nearly, I mean, uh, Claire McCaskill votes with Trump seventy percent of the time. Heidi Heitkamp does it sixty eight percent of the time. Joe Donnelly does it like I think sixty six percent of the time. Uh, and that was the last time I checked those. So out of, out of those, would she be the most uh, liberal voting senator then? No. Well, in a that red would still state, be, yeah. That would still be Sanders. Donnelly and all, all them, all the people who Out of the red over. state Democrats? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, funny quote about Donnelly, Joe Donnelly, going back to Indiana for a second. Uh, Biden came to uh, help stump for Joe Donnelly, and he said, I'll support you however I can, and I'll come campaign for you or I'll campaign against you, whichever helps more. I thought that was funny. Crickets. <laughs> Say it again. I'll laugh. Uh, so Joe Biden came to Indiana and he tried to stump for Joe Donnelly and he said, I'll campaign for you or I'll campaign against you, whichever helps more. <laughs> Partners. Anyway, so yeah, all right. I, I, picked, uh, I picked Martha McSally for this one. So, all right, Jake's going red. Just to note that this is the Eric? seat that yeah, Jeff yeah, Flake no. left for over. McSally. I'll be so ashamed. Of Where are you going? Uh, I'm 50-50 on this. That, I, as much as I don't like that it didn't play well, that pink tutu ad really was strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's fair. I'm gonna go cinema just just for loyalty's sake, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Your head says Republican, but your heart says Democrat. Yeah, precisely. that's called your the average you know Democrat Her and Republican voter. Trump makes uh, me think she'll get some middle ground. But. Oh, hey, hey, Grant. So I have a question. Does it bug you that she voted like that? Even if she wins, that she voted so much with Trump. Like, like, does that? Do you think that turns off Democrat enthusiasm? I don't. Or do you think? Do you think? It's actually, it's I wonder how many people even that was actually a really well thought out question. Stat I'm surprised. Thanks. No, no, great question. I think yeah, I know. For me, for me personally as a voter, yes, I think it would probably turn me off a Democrat, but that doesn't mean I would vote for the Republican. But, but would you make sure to go out and vote? Like I'm less enthused. That's a good point. I'm less enthused. I would probably still vote. You, I think you would. You're the president of loyal law yeah. Democrats. What What about like your friends? Right. Like right. I'm sure like they're out voting. For, like if they could, they'd vote for right. Beto. They vote for Bernie. Yeah. Would they vote for someone like this, who's basically pl- trying to play the middle? Yeah. No, I I know. It, uh, I think it depends. I don't know. I'd have to know specifically what what issues she voted on with him to make a more affirmative statement, and I don't know specifically. I think my friends, if we're going to limit it to that circle, yeah. would probably be unenthused to vote for someone who's voting with Trump on immigration issues. My friends specifically. But would, they, would they show up, though, you think? They would probably still vote. Yeah. yeah. All right. Especially, if, especially if, she's, if like, she's a self-professed communist or whatever, and she's pushing democratic economic stuff. I think that would be more... That would be the reason they would go, not for the immigration. <laughs> they would, they would be more likely to show up if she said she was a communist. If she's voting for, <laughs> if she's voting against trickle down economics. No, hey, I believe that. I, I just, I just thought I'd be Very the one telling. who said it. Very telling. <laughs> All right, yeah, I uh, let's get let's move on. North. La- last one. Last and one. This last one, one last is one, last one. So Heidi Heitkamp, uh, she's been in office since 2013. Kramer, who has been the at-large from North Dakota at the U.S. House of Reps since 
2013. Been a public servant since 1993. As of right now, we've got Kramer for Predict It. Kramer ha- is at 84%. 538. Kramer is at 74.5%. Uh, this is one of those races where I think it's going to be. Wait, Grant, is there any chance you're going high camp? Okay, so this is going to be how big do we think it's going to end up? This is a blood. This is a bloodbath. Yeah, she was running a close, close race, and then the Kavanaugh Kavanaugh hearings really kind of that that absolutely did her in. Yeah, and as a base too, North Dakota's benefited off of like the growth in the energy sector during this administration, right? I believe. Say that again. I think, if I'm thinking of this correctly, North Dakota has benefited from the growth in the energy sector that this administration Oh yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. So, it was an uphill battle for her to begin with. Are we just with. talking about fracking and, and yes. Oil? Yeah. yes. 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 Right. Yeah, uh Heidi so, Kite, I I mean really Heidi Heitkamp nailed the last uh nail in her coffin when she voted for Brett Kavanaugh. I I think that against, was against 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 Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, yeah, Kramer's going to win this. I don't think it's going to be a bloodbath though. I, I think, think it'll be lie. within. I think she wins this walking away. I think it'll be within four percent. So if you oh. consider that oh, walking Jesus. away, oh Jesus! I'm going fifty-two yeah. forty-nine again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That's smart. Oh, I, I was. You think it's gonna be within? Four, I thought it was gonna be something about fifty-five. No. Forty-five. No, I really don't think so. Okay. I'm putting it double digits. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm putting it barely at double digits. I, I'm, I'm putting it at eleven percent spread. All right. So good. Jake getting <laughs> bold with it. And. Wait. Oh, are we playing a game? Door prize All number right. three. Tyranny Mason, come on down. Tyranny, no last name. M-A- come on down. S-O-N. Oh, your dry wit's going to be great for this one. Big fan. Big fan. All right. Last game of the night. So it's the night before the midterms, as we all know. Tomorrow is going to see the fate of Congress for the next two years, which is important because, in case you didn't know, Congress is important. <laughs> Rega- it's, it's, it's great commentary, Jake. Regardless of your political stripe, we can all surely agree that Congress has done a lot of legislating over the past two years. The most legislating, the biggest legislating, the hugest, the hugest legislating. Um, Kate. Nice. Again, that is Kate Malcolm, former rugby yeah. player Kate Malcolm. <laughs> so we're going to play a game. We're calling it Way to Go, Congress. <laughs> Here's what we, how the game is played. I'm going to read three state. Well, the panel is going to read three statements. Two of the statements are things that Congress has actually accomplished over the past two years. One is completely made up. If you can guess the made-up statement cl- correctly, you'll win our prize, which is a gift card to Starbucks. You want to play? You ready to play? All right. Let's go. Question number one. Which of the following is not an accomplishment of Congress since 2016? Is it A, Congress passed massive reform on corporate tax rates? Is it B, Congress repealed the individual mandate portion of the Affordable Care Act, literally giving us the worst possible health care system by creating a Frankenstein version of government and private insurance, comma, causing premiums to rise and distort the market. <laughs> or is it C? Congress, in a rare show of strength, stepped up and balanced the national debt. All right. <laughs> Which is something that Congress didn't do? Did not do. Did not do. 
I'm going to go with C. It's, yeah, let's see. Of course they didn't. They did Stunning. not. They did not balance in that. 20 deck. trillion in Where's the budget hawks? All right. Yeah, really. Where is it? Where's John Kasich when you need him? <laughs> 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 All right. Which of the following is not an accomplishment of Congress since 2016? Is it A? Whenever Richard's done. It's uh, it's water. Um, again, whether you think it's good or bad, Congress passed a massive tax reform, bringing uh, to bring corporate tax rates to historic. Learn how to type this. I mean, to to bring corporate tax rates to a historic low. Richard's well, been drinking too much. The grammar is correct. Trace. You just read it wrong. The grammar is not correct. I, I have it in front of my face. The grammar is correct. <laughs> or is it B? Grant, go ahead. I want to reiterate. Colon. Congress repealed the individual mandate portion of the Affordable Care Act, comma, literally giving us the worst possible health care system. Love Obamacare or hate Obamacare, passing this legislation does nothing to fix any weakness in the health care system. All right. Or was it C? Congress, in a rare show of strength stepped up and passed legislation that acted as a tr check on Trump's stupid tariffs because they actually have the authority to do that. Who would have guessed? Which one did they not do? Who would have guessed? It's C. It's, it's correct. Of course they didn't do that. C. Yeah. They, they didn't do anything. I still <laughs> want to just say one more time that the grammar was not correct. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You have not won anything yet, even Nothing. though technically you, you have won it already. Calm yourself. Hold All right. your horses. Jesus. Question number three. Question number three. Which of the following is not an accomplishment of Congress since 2016? Is it A? The same answer I've said twice. Sorry. Tax cuts for corporations, <laughs> love them or hate them, we will see whether supply side, not trickle down economics, works. Or was it B? Closing thoughts on repealing the mandate. They did it by earmarking the aforementioned tax cuts since the individual mandate was technically levied as a tax. I want to drive home that undoing the mandate is in no way, shape, or form a victory <laughs> that they should be proud of. They were elected to fix the healthcare system, and after multiple, deeply unpopular attempts to repeal oh. the ACA, all they have been able to do is take a knife to one part of the ACA and call it a win. I love yeah, you, I'm, Eric, or Jake. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I, Jake wrote I these questions. That. That's just true. Okay. <laughs> Or was it C? You're giving away answers, Jake. Uh, Congress, in a rare show of strength, <laughs> stepped up and passed legislation that addressed DACA. I can't remember whether this legislation enshrined DACA or got rid of it. All I remember is that congressmen went on cable news shows for months talking about how they were going to do something about DACA. Maybe the reason I can't remember what they did is because they didn't do anything. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> C says they both did something and did nothing on DACA. Well, it said in a rare show of strength. Oh, so that's all we needed to hear. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so which was it? What what did they what did they not do? I I think it's C. You're right. They that didn't is do correct. You win. Hey. They didn't do anything. And charity wins. Thank you to the hundreds of people that came tonight. And yeah, yeah. And wow. for our I can't believe there's so many shining, beautiful faces standing oh. in front of me. Such oh a lovely God. crowd. Uh, all of you will be, go on to become a great attorneys. The, uh. the black people, <laughs> the white people. <laughs> Let me jump in here. You never close not, your not eyes anymore. <laughs> all right. So, all right. We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna 
now do predictions on overall in the Senate. Right now, 16% chance Democrats win the Senate. Again, this is 538 uh, polling. And totally adding that other part. And 84% chance Republicans win the Senate. Um, Let's do some predictions. So, predictions. Let's start with Grant. Yeah, I don't think I picked. I don't even think I picked any upsets. There's maybe one. I'm going 51-49 Republicans. It's too bad. Grant, you're the most moderate Democrat we could have possibly. Yeah, we listen. I know you're the president of Loyola Law Democrats, but I really wanted somebody in here to come in and be like, every Republican is losing. We're getting (laughs) like scorched. Let me just let me back up my modest. We're we're talking about polls in states that I've never been to. I do really appreciate Uh, you being like. I mean, mean, if you want to talk issues, I'll get as crazy as you want on issues. Yeah. Gun no, control. I, I agree with Grant. Republicans are control. better. Oh. So. <laughs> I threw out one thing. <laughs> no, Republicans will be, I think, 53 seats, maybe 54, depending on Florida, uh, or vice versa. If we win Florida and lose Nevada, still 53. All right. Why Jake? are you writing this all down? To post it in the show notes, you we don't drunken do buffoon. For Richard, all of our, you for, go before me. For Dusseldorf, Jake. For Dusseldorf, what? Richard, go. Uh, yeah, I've I've got I I plugged in all my predictions to, uh, predi- to Politico. I've got it at uh, uh, fifty three forty seven. So oh. Republicans gain two seats. It's just a it's a bad do map you, for the Democrats. Do you do you think fifty three is the absolute best, or what, what's your best case scenario? Mm. Best case, for Republicans. best case scenario, or, or actually for both, for Republicans and for uh, best case scenario for Republicans would be the predictions I made. Plus, I went against, um, I went for Bill Nelson. Rick Scott could pick up the governor seat, uh, and then I went against Dean Heller. So if Dean Heller holds on, I guess that would mean best would be fifty-five, forty-five. But uh, what about for Dems? Fifty-one, forty-nine. Uh, it could no, it could end up being fifty-fifty, but that means Pence is the swing vote. But I don't think there's a chance the Republicans are taking Montana, even though it's a very close race. I mean, the Republicans are taking Montana. Yeah, I think I think fifty-five is the best case scenario for Republicans, and uh, fifty-one is worst case. Mm. Jake, your turn. Uh, I think Republicans. I think it's no net gain in the Senate. I but I do think that they trade seats. I you think Heidi No Heid- net gain. So you're saying fifty one forty nine? Yes. Okay. I think Heidi Heidkamp loses but also Dean Heller loses. Okay. Uh I did want to take an opportunity, however, though, to uh you don't you don't, you don't think Holly wins Missouri? That's perhaps true as well. Uh, maybe Holly wins Missouri, but Jackie Rosen wins uh, Nevada, and then well, you had yeah, no, and then I I think maybe Phil Bresden has a chance. That's, that's a big pick. I I think well, he picked Phil Bresden. Yeah, I I think there's no net gain and no net loss. I do want to take the opportunity though, Which and because we have Grant on the show, and we historically have not had many people that are. Openly Democrats on the show. Didn't you guys have Juan? I didn't Perea like that because this? the majority of right no. Open, huh? Didn't you guys have Juan Perea? Most of the people we've talked to are openly, yeah. But 
we don't talk about politics. Oh, okay. True. Uh, so we were talking earlier about the Tea Party of the left, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it... It's really interesting, and I think that people most want to hear about these big ideological shifts. Um, yeah. Let's get into that a little bit, because I think we've, we've really been hammering home just statistics and races and names and uh, prognostications about what's going to happen, but I think these big ideas are so interesting. Let's talk about what you think the future of the Democratic Party looks like. Are you happy with that? And... Uh, in 10 years, if we were having the same conversation, what would we be talking about? Because that's what I like. That's, that's yeah. what I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to squander the opportunity because we have you here. Yeah, I think, uh, the, and this is maybe cliche to say, but I think that Bernie Sanders message from 2015 uh, really caught hold in the Democratic uh, electorate. Um, I think... Young people, not all young people, some young people look at capitalism as a failed system, not suggesting that we should go full on communist. I'm not saying that. But I think uh, I think people are um, up for more regulation, uh, a progressive tax system uh, that taxes the wealthy at a higher rate than it taxes the uh, poorer. Um, and I think we have that now, though. I, I agree. I think but I think some people no, let, let the guy. Speak. Yeah, let but the I guy think speak. I think some people would suggest that it needs to be uh, a more progressive tax um and i think uh at at the base the rates are progressive but i i'm I'm gonna mess this statistic up but if you look at the tax breaks and things like that it really no one actually pays the rate that they're supposed to be taxed at no i'll grant you that point yeah sure so i'll uh, grant you that point (laughs) yeah so i think i think the future of the economic or the excuse me the democratic party needs to be based on an economic message of resupporting the middle class you look at uh, republican party attacks on uh, unions, uh, the decline in union membership in the last 50 years, uh, and the simultaneous decline in middle class uh, size. I don't, I don't. I think it's not a coincidence. Um, so, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm happy to elaborate on any of that. No, please. Uh, can we can we dig into that a little bit more? Because I, I before we close this out, uh, I do wanna I wanna talk about these big issues. Okay. I I, I did want to actually ask you. Um, let's ask him. Yeah. You. You say, um, well, regardless of that, um, I, I think technology is about to play a way bigger role in our lives, and it's going to destroy a lot of jobs. So I do think that when it comes to what you're calling quote-unquote liberal policies right now, I think they're actually just going to end up being a reality. But you mentioned the progressive tax. 50% of the country does not pay taxes right now. The that's just the the poorest fifty percent are exempt from well federal taxes. So, as far as the what impact do you think that will have? And and, and the wider we get with the um with income inequality, which I it's a it's a whole other topic. But what do you think will come of that of the technological revolution that we're in the middle of that is probably going to destroy i would argue 40 50 percent of the jobs in the next 10 years and then going into that something like universal basic income yeah well let me just say i haven't i frankly have not given a ton of thought to universal basic income because i think i think you're right but i think it may be an 80 year problem as opposed to a 10 year problem or a 20 year problem okay for universal basic income um and 
I think, yeah, that jobs, or excuse me, machines are a threat to a lot of lower paying, you know, let's say middle class jobs. But I also think that that threat is a little bit exaggerated. Um, I don't think it's the, in the next five years, the next 10 years that, you know, of, cor- of course, we're seeing like the automatic tellers at Chase and the, uh, you know, I, I went to Chase today. I deposited like 50 bills into a thing and I didn't have to talk to anybody. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like the, you know, the, the steadfast uh, middle class jobs, we're talking manufacturing jobs, mm-hmm. distribution jobs. Um, I haven't seen the technology that can replace people in those in those instances. The two biggest employers in my home district are Ace Hardware Distribution and a Walmart uh, centered, a Walmart distribution center, and those jobs are going strong. People are, you know, they've been getting raises. Right. Um, so not fast yeah, enough in my opinion. But so so I think with cashiers and things like that. Hold on one second. So I think with cashiers and things like that, I would agree with you. But as far as manufacturing, I could totally see. Um, machines taking over like metal plants and being able to take a sheet uh, a piece of sheet metal and um, without having to have somebody to feed it into a machine also everyone that has lost their job well I shouldn't say everyone a lot of people who have lost their jobs recently have turned to companies like Uber and Lyft and now that we're getting automated cars I'm not necessarily I, I think it's way closer than the eighty years you're saying. I, I I will concede that it's probably longer than ten that I think. It could end up being fifteen, twenty, twenty five. But I don't think it's just I, th- I don't think it's that far away. I don't I think we will see it in our lifetime. So Eric. Well I was just gonna say, uh, Grant, you said that was it Walmart the pay pays increasing? Is that, yeah. what, is that slowly, what slowly. Yeah. So it is increasing, but part of that is because Part part of that is because they're kind of going after the target approach, which is have fewer, like, more productive employees that they pay at a higher rate. They've also been letting people go, you know. So even though the people who are still employed are making more than they used to, uh, Walmart has overall downsized yeah. that that low income so the, labor force. The, the storefront, yes, the the biggest employer in my is a distribution center. Okay. So they've actually gone. I don't know the exact numbers, but let's. I'm just going to ballpark. They've gone from like 700 employees in 2009. They're almost like 1,100 employees now. Same way we have a gun manufacturing plant, Schneider's. They were at 500 in 2009. They're at uh, 900 now. Ace Hardware runs three shifts of 300 people. That's you know I live in a, a district that is mainly rural. Uh, so those are huge jobs. What 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 district's that? Central Illinois. Right? Yeah, so yeah. the uh, Senate is or the House is Illinois 16. Our representative Adam Kinzinger. Oh, okay. um, yeah, so we're like right on the corner of the Illinois River. Um, but yeah, I mean, point taken. I, I'm I'm not disagreeing that the jobs are going away to machines. I just think it's slow. Uh, yeah. Point uh, taken. Richard, do you have a question? Because I have a question. Look, but, but well, go ahead first, first off, if I was gonna hide a massive layoff, what I would do is increase wages, steal the narrative, and then fire the bag boy. But uh, thank you for whoever gave me that assist. Won't say it, but let me just say this: I did just receive a text from three three four three two three one six four three seven from somebody asking me to vote for probate judge Stephen L. Reed. I wholeheartedly endorse whoever is running against Stephen L. Reed. This is ridiculous. All right, I have nothing. Go ahead, Jake. No, I mean oh. so. Oh, go ahead. I just want to add one more thing. Uh, you said that you want to see like a progressive tax rate. Yeah, and. I don't, I don't know if I'm I, I'm definitely all right, I'll just say it. I'm not, I'm definitely not in love with a progressive progressive tax rate. But as far as people not paying the, the rate that you know they quote unquote should, I agree with that. I I think you would find a lot of conservatives who agree with you. 
the good tax policy is having a in my opinion a low rate that encompasses a lot of different areas right now what we have is basically high higher rates at least than we would with a bunch of loopholes and the only people who can afford loopholes are people who can afford accountants or lawyers i'm on the same page with you on this one i think we just disagree on the way that no yeah you want like 50 percent tax rates i want like like 10 can we can we both agree that this whole uh being able to write your taxes out on a postcard is just never going to happen and it's ridiculous no, but well it's not, no it's Alvin not a bad idea, uh they're huh? two uh they're two economists out of uh hey a dead they're two economists who are out of stanford uh have actually devised a plan for you to be able to write your whole tax liability on a postcard what do you want to go with economists at stanford or me jake <laughs> I'll go with you just because I have to keep working with you. Um, That's loyalty, baby. Uh, no, let's but, 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 but. Yeah. What, what were you going to say? We have not given the audience any chance to ask a question, so if anybody wants to. Yeah, we, we should do a Q&A, but uh, let, let me start off the Q&A. Um, because. The narrative, Jake. I just I already started. Control the narrative. Well, because. No, because honestly, people so few or not often is it that people get to espouse just their pure ideology and i really want to give both of you guys a chance to do that so let's say i'm an alien coming down from mars and i know nothing or canada or canada <laughs> um and i know nothing about the i know nothing about the democratic party i know nothing about liberalism i know nothing about conservatism tell me what it means in 2018 to be a democrat or liberal and tell me in 2018 what it means to be a conservative or a republican assuming i know nothing because i think that really that's going to crystallize where each at least these panelists at least where you guys stand and uh i'll start with eric yeah i would say i mean i think there's a little bit if if you get too distilled down in both parties it becomes it becomes inaccurate but i think in general the Republican Party would stand for smaller government, less interference in your life, lower tax rates, and uh, uh, balance. Balance. I would say fiscal conservatism, but they wouldn't. They haven't been doing that lately. But I, I would say that I do think they would, if they were allowed to do it purely through cuts. Right, like Republican. The part. The ideal of the Republican Party is to cut government spending in order to balance the budget. But isn't there, there like to me at least, there's a deeper ideal, which is the Constitution and natural natural rights and oh natural and, law for sure yeah and uh, like this idea that you're instilled with certain aspects of liberty. I mean, uh, I feel like w- that from w- birth that was a very policy oriented answer, but there's uh, a deeper cut there. Are you instilled with those rights from birth? Yeah, let's not touch that topic. <laughs> I'm literally so disinterested in talking about that that I can't even <laughs> justify that I heard it. But isn't there a deeper cut? So yeah, I mean for sure, I, and I think that's part of what smaller government is, right? Like people should be allowed to smoke weed if they want. Like who cares? No, I mean it, it's just honestly, if, Roll if, you, if you really go down to it, people should be uh, allowed to do uh, just drugs in general. Now, if we spent maybe you know. A, f- a quarter of what we spent, you know, jailing people who are addicted to drugs and spending that on, you know, rehab centers. Uh, I mean, 
I personally think you see that in other countries, both in Europe and South America, where drug addiction actually goes down. I think that's a great thing to pursue. I think it's ridiculous when we uh, basically create laws that don't harm anyone but the individual making the decision, you know? Yeah, I, I think that, that does, that's a virtual. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100%. I, I do right. think the, the foundation of it all is um, liberty, more freedom. Grant, uh, I'm going to give you a chance to pontificate. I'm an alien, and I came Be down careful, to Earth. Eric just came off very likable. Yeah, for once in his life, Eric came off as likable. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really disagree with much of what Eric said. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think e- that Eric for 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I think it's a, a mischaracterization to say that the the Democratic Party wants big government. Um, we're not a big government party. We're uh, a a party that sees government as a way to equalize a lot of the inequities that are built on historical uh you know let's I'll just historical prejudices and historical inequities you know the think of the poverty cycle um without a little bit of government aid it's sometimes impossible to get out of that so uh un, you know unfortunately the way that capitalism works we have to tax uh the rich to help out the people in the middle otherwise it's going to end up what it's like right now where the wealth is completely polarized so uh i think if I'm going to distill it down to one thing, and again, I think it all sounds cliche when you distill it down to a phrase, but you know, I would love to see the depa- the uh, Democrats be the, the true party of the people, uh, the party of equality, and the party of the middle class. No, I mean, the question that I asked was inviting platitudes, so you did a great job. Um, Eric, you had a rejoinder to that? Uh, I did. So I would say that you said that the Democrat Party isn't the party of big government, but that sometimes government's necessary to basically address like past prejudices or even present prejudices. I mean, Sh- sure, yeah. historical. All right, I'm sorry, historical inequities. Oh, okay. So, all I'm saying is the the greatest uh, wealth jump, right, from the lower class to the middle class or the middle class to the upper class, was in the Industrial Revolution, which I think we can all agree had like very little regulations on everyone right like on business in particular yeah there was, was the child era, there was child labor like it was, there was the child era of the robber where, barons yeah where, right, where, yeah where children were losing you know they were, they were going through horrible conditions i'm not i'm not saying like oh uh, like we should you know go back to like children working in factories right but, but maybe. it was child labor laws are destroying this country yeah yeah ron swanson my spirit animal <laughs> no but i i think if you have I don't know. You you say government needs to address it, and and I think it's a noble thing to address. I just don't know if government's the best or most efficient way to do it. I think when you have government do it, I think there's a lot of things that government does uh, with the best of intentions that eventually marks up the whole process. I think student loans is a perfect example. We used to not have student backed or government backed student loans, and uh, we decided that everyone should have equal opportunity in terms of access to funds. But what's happened since then is the cost of tuition at schools has skyrocketed and it's it's simple supply and demand you know totally agree yeah and awesome all right now we have student loans that you can't discharge in bankruptcy so that's great yeah and uh, and the 6.4 percent interest rate is ridiculous like minor 6.8 government why? i mean <laughs> 6.8 whatever it is <laughs> but all right no, uh, i agree mark cuban mark cuban has a great take on uh on the effect of student loans on tuition um that i don't want to paraphrase because i don't want to screw it up but uh, paraphrase yeah, it. Yeah, I completely agree with you that it's just it was bad economic policy. Um, but great intentions, right? Great intentions, and I, I just think there could have but been a better way to do it. Right, but that's why that's why I'm always so 
I'm always so hesitant to rush into government action for things that we everyone can everyone can look at certain situations and say that's unfair or that's that sucks right but i just don't think that the best way to solve things is like an emotional legislative response right like i i think we can agree like gun violence is an issue right like i i understand like the i i'm pro-gun i i understand i understand Says the guy wearing a smith and wesson yeah, yeah. No, but I understand the conservative position that, you know, pe- you know, guns don't kill people, people kill people. And I understand the liberal position that, like, yeah, but, like, guns are the ones that are involved in all these school shootings. But I just don't think that, you know, it, it always seems like the legislation to fix this is at, like, days after the school shooting. I think that's just terrible policy. I, I think, and no matter what it is, it, it could be a conservative position or a liberal position, but... But deciding something in the heat of the moment, trying to cobble together some legislation just so you look good to your constituents or to society, I think it I think it hurts the country as a whole, honestly. I couldn't agree more. And I yeah, I also I also agree with you. I think uh, part of the reason that we have bad policy is because uh, uh, we have bad politicians and special interests. You know, Um, I, I would be willing to bet. That one of the primary lobbying forces behind the student loan law was private colleges. One we're sitting in right now, right? They knew that they were going to be able to take tuition up 200% because oh. everyone was going to have access to the money. Amen. Ma- Amen to that. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with that, but yeah. I also bet you the public education was right in the pocket. Yeah, as, no, as well. I agreed. Yeah, it's same. Th- th- I, I went to Northern Illinois University. Shout out to my alum for I trash them. They, <laughs> they, they take people. They, they, no, they take people. They they call it they call it the chance program, right? And they take people who are from impoverished areas and they say, Oh, well we'll give them a chance, even though they don't have the test scores or the grades to attend this school normally, we'll give them a chance. And what winds up happening is the people you know, they they flunk the first semester, which puts them puts them on academic probation. And then the second semester, they fail out and they get kicked out because, you know, their academic probation is over with. And what winds up happening is they have, you know, 30 grand worth of debt and nothing to show for it. And I don't I don't think that's I think it. I maybe I'm cynical. I don't know. I'm super cynical. I hate everything. But besides I think your little toy poodle. Again, no, besides that. him and even him sometimes, you know, but anyway. I don't want to get too distracted, but I do think that public institutions as well as private look at students right now, especially in the undergraduate levels. If not, you know, law schools. <laughs> just well, I would just want to. But no, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll just end right here. But, but I, I look at them ahead. as a revenue source. I think they look at students as a revenue source uh, so, because of government yeah. uh, backed loans because they know they're going to get yeah. it. They Grant, go ahead. And paid yeah, I'm that. just going to close out, and then we can ask the audience for questions. Uh, I I. I hear what you're saying about the hundreds. My point is, I think governance is good when it works for the people. I think currently in America, it does not work for the people and it works for special interests. So um, my big government ploy, I don't want to call it that because I'm not calling for big government, but I think government, when it intervenes on behalf of the people, is a good thing. And it a lot of times just doesn't, unfortunately. See, I think this is the best part of the show so far. We should have done this the whole time. All right. Uh, Who wants to ask a question? Sorry, Eric. I didn't mean to. No, you're right. All right. Please ask exactly who you would want to direct this question at. Uh, to to the conservatives on the on the board here, uh, you guys seem pretty intent on wondering what the future of the Democratic Party would be, and I, I don't see how you can ask that question 
without asking the the opposite. What is the future of the conservative party after Donald J. Trump, the elephant in the room tonight? Can I can I take a stab at this and then I see also where you have an answer to this. I actually, yeah, I, mean, I, I think what the, thing, I think so. the obvious, no, the obvious future of the Republican Party is they're going to merge with the Libertarian Party and take that kind of policy because they're clearly on the wrong side of history with things like uh, gay marriage and mar- and drug use and things like that. So I think as soon as they take the Libertarian approach and merge with the party, it, it, then then they'll be more of an appeal. Here. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree. Uh, all all my friends that are around my age uh, have they lean libertarian right like most of the older republicans don't seem to be in favor of marijuana legalization or drug legalization in general spending any public money on uh, rehab centers uh and i think that's definitely something that younger republicans uh or libertarians or conservatives whatever you want to say i think they buy into the fact that yeah like small government doesn't just mean small government and the things we don't like it means small government everywhere you know and I think the only, I really do think the only issue that younger conservatives and older conservatives, uh, I shouldn't say the only issue, but the biggest issue that they have in common is they tend to be pro-life. Um, but as far as, I, I do think the as the years go on and some of the older Republicans start to die out, <laughs> I think that it's going to gradually become more accepting of the lgbt community and i think it's going to be more accepting of uh drug legalization in general uh especially uh marijuana Grant, you yeah, want? i don't have much to say on this one i don't know where the republicans party's going no no <laughs> I, I, I just trump was it i like knew where the republican party was in 2014 or felt like i did yeah. and now i just have no yeah you clearly then got the wild card i will say i'm just so ready for the I'm so tired of the every single election, every single nomination, every single everything. Somehow, you mentioned abortion, somehow surrounding that one topic as if it's the only thing going on. Yeah, but it's and a I, big topic. It is a big topic, but it's not. it should not be the only reason we vote one way or another on absolutely everything. It engulfs, and I'm not saying this, I'm not even taking position pro-life or pro-choice. It's just... This is it, it just engulfs every single thing we do for some reason now. And I'm so sick of like that being the sticking point on everything. And it's how every vote every party, both parties get out their base. It's how they both electrify the the crowd in the, anyway. I just, uh, I'm so sorry. Cam's question the singular Cam's issue question? always. Can I answer Cam's question? Yeah. All right. Uh you asked two more yeah we we got yeah a couple more um i'll do this quickly the future the future of the conservative movement is not pretty we made a faustian bargain with donald trump and we can't take that back we have we have no like and i and i i say this all the time i call myself a libertarian these days more than a conservative because i feel like the conservative movement has abandoned the values of william f buckley and great that's not that's not a joke i mean <laughs> no it's not a joke no but you, 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 got, you guys are laughing but it's not a joke because we've abandoned all of our values in return for a guy who's going to go out there and make the argument that we all want to be making against the far left i don't like the far left i think the far left has 
their own misguided values. But I don't like the guy who's out there making the case right now. And I think it's going to be a long, hard, painful process to come back from this. And tomorrow night, I expect to see the results come in from the midterm elections and that the Republicans are going to lose. And once we lose with Donald Trump, that's going to be a whole hell of a lot different than winning with Donald Trump. And we're going to have to wonder why we embrace this guy who gave us nothing in return except for xenophobia, racism, values that we do not believe in as conservatives. And tax cuts. Well, that was the trade-off he was saying with the Faustian that, bargain. That's the only thing we got. We got tax cuts. We didn't even get wholehearted health care reform. That was the one thing that we voted conservatives into office for, <laughs> yeah, was no, health care reform. That was a joke. And all we got was individual mandate cut, which In fact, over-inflates the market. It distorts everything. We're, we are screwed for a long time. And I, on this podcast, I give a lot of shit to the far left. I don't like the far left. I think that they have, like, they have serious issues. And I spend a lot of my time railing against them. And I don't say this enough, and I'm glad for that question for this reason. But, like, we have so much rebuilding to do in the conservative movement. And I, I wouldn't even call myself a Republican at this point. Because the, Repub the Republican Party is not the correct vehicle for the conservative movement. I, w I want to just say one more thing addressing the original question. So you said you don't think it's fair, and I agree. I don't think it's fair that we talk about the shift left in the Democratic Party to like whatever the future is for the Republican Party. But uh, Pew Research came out with – it's just a chart, so I'm just eyeballing this. But – Pew Research came out with a chart, and it, since 1994, we've it basically says Republicans have moved. I don't know if you guys can see this. I'll hold it up. They can't see it. it, it so Republicans have moved gradually to the right since 1994 to 2017. But about six, maybe even more, uh, times to the left, the Democrat Party has shifted. So I, I think it's a fair question to say where the party's going to go. And that's the median Republican versus the median uh, Democrat. So I think I think it's a fair question what you ask, but also I think it's been significantly more dramatic uh, shift word left than right. I'm going to call BS on that because we need to hold I'm ourselves... Pew Research, huh? What? I'm Pew Research. No, no, no. I'm, I, I think that what you said was true, but oh, we okay. have to self-police, and we have to. Oh, for sure. We have to make I sure. That, I didn't like, vote for Trump. Uh, like, yeah. No, no, no. But, like the, but on the right, we have to make sure that we are, we are holding ourselves to our own values, not just comparing ourselves to the left, because that's a losing battle every time. Yeah. No. So I, 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 I think that in terms of individual liberty, in terms of uh, freedom of consciousness, freedom of expression, freedom of speech. We are failing. We're failing. We have to, we have to realign ourselves. And I th and I agree with what Richard said is that that realignment is going to come with the Libertarian Party. I definitely think you lose the philosophical high ground if you don't adhere to your principles, right? Like maybe maybe we have. And actually, I'd make an argument that we have achieved a lot under Donald Trump as conservatives than we did under Bush, you know, or either Bush for that. But matter. at what cost? Right. No. And 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 that's that's the question we have to ask. But you know. We, we have achieved a lot, and basically, uh, and again, I didn't vote for Trump in 2016. Based on yeah, pure policy. I would like to say that in order to die. I would probably, in 2020, I, I really think I would, just on policy. But basically what winds up happening is I look at his Twitter every day, right? And I have to go, like, is the policy worth it? 
like, uh, every day. I mean, it's just I just that's wish. what I'm, no, that's what I'm characterizing as a Faustian bargain, and I don't no, think it sure. is worth it. I agree. I don't think it's worth it. I mean, like if you look at the the ad he released last week about the caravan, what in they're 800 miles away. They're walking on foot. But even it's no. But the the fact that he's making this out to be a a incredibly pertinent we've got to send tw- how many thousand people guards Not eight thousand guards down to the border 15 no, no, no. fifteen thousand guards it's eight huh? it's 800 troops no i think it's i think he upped it he's up to significantly 1500 troops 1500 troops but it, again they are 800 miles away and they're coming on foot i don't care and, how and close or far away they are no what i'm saying is he's using a military this is a clear example of an executive using the military for purely political purposes He's he's reassigning. He's sending them down to the border in order to ratchet up support for tomorrow. And I agree with you. I agree with you. It is a disgusting thing to be able to 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 get behind because he's clear that that is a a abhorrent abuse of power. You're you're you're. It's not. It is not a right now scenario. It is not an a an immediate now. If they were, if the caravan and and the one of the problems is we don't really know who's in the caravan. It's not, and it's not that it's it's racist. It's not that it's bigoted. It's it's that no one's gone down there to even talk to the people who are in the caravan. So we don't know why they're coming, except they're all seeking asylum. That's the only thing we know, right? And I mean, so, so eight hundred miles away, walking on foot. Yeah, it's ten wide and it's a mile long. But it is not an immediate problem. He's sending troops to the border right now because there's an election tomorrow. Yeah. That's shameful. That's disgusting. That's a that is an incredible waste of money for a party that stands for fiscal responsibility, and and I I agree with you. I I, I, I the only reason I don't think you're correct though, the about only what? reason about what about it's going to take a while to wash the stench away, is because Nixon got kicked out of office in 1974. Ford took over. Ford lost in 76 to Jimmy Carter, and Jimmy Carter was a one-term president. Somehow the Democrats spun that into. Four years of a presidency. That's why I think that there's a chance of washing our hands. Uh, I shouldn't say ours of the Republicans washing their hands quicker. Of this, I also want to say I used to declare my. I used to consider myself a Republican. I gave up after the good people on both sides in Charlottesville. I tried to be one of the ones that st- stuck with the party and saying this guy's not going to break me. But I'm with you. I'm with you when it comes to Trump. But he, his question was, okay. what's the direction of the Republican Party? That's where I think it goes. Nowhere good. Kate, go ahead. Kate. Malcolm. Okay. <laughs> Again, the rugby player. Shh, quiet. So um, this is kind of a callback to Jake's initial question. Is this close enough? Yep. Okay. So this is a callback to Jake's initial question to the panel. But I think it reflects some of his comments too. That like what we call ourselves matters. And Jake doesn't want to identify as a Republican anymore. He's picking Libertarian. But I think that that initial question is really interesting. Like what is the democratic liberal party doing those are not the same thing what is the republican conservative party doing those are not the same thing and i i get what you were asking but i think that that does make a difference and kind of like what eric brought up um with like the stats is like what direction each party is moving um just because you're moving left doesn't necessarily mean that's traditionally liberal it could just be progressive and there are a lot of ways to be that way like wanting to do harm reduction for drug users like that's progressive that's not democratic liberal you know so i think that that's sure. an interesting I agree point with that. So on I the other side i would say like a speech thing is, is something that's progressive and not liberal but yeah 
Right, so I, I just think that that's kind of like, so this is like a, a more of a theoretical question, I guess. So um, given that we're like throwing around these different terms, like what does that mean to each party? Like, um, you know, obviously Republicans lean a little more libertarian, but what does that really mean? I, you definitely, I think, lean more libertarian. That's sort of the views you expressed. But I guess, like, are we really talking about being conservative and liberal or like libertarian progressive so sort of like what can we dig a little deeper into exactly how we're using those well so i think what you're asking is are are democrats really liberal well actually can i can i say something yeah go for it i think anybody that votes one way or another universally no matter what is kind of an idiot at this point i think if you're if you're if you only vote for the democrat because they're the democrat you're not doing enough research. If you only vote for the Republican because they're the Republican, you're not doing enough research. There's, there's so, there's so much going on at the federal and state levels now that our own money, and I don't agree with this, but our own money is now at stake, and your personal protection, your personal wealth, all of that. If you if you are only voting for a Republican because that. I'll put it the way that the greatest quote I've ever heard come out of an election is it was right after the Doug Jones, Roy Moore, and Doug Jones is the, he was the first uh, candidate I've ever donated money to. And Doug Jones said, or no, sorry, I think this was in the New York Magazine, said, the writer said, Democrats have to show up for every election. We have to get every, we have to sh at least have somebody on the ballot no matter what. We've got to have this because you never know when the Republican candidate could end up being a pedophile. Now, that's a funny line, but it, there is, there's something to be said there about it, it's not just a – Alabama in 2017 is a perfect example of, yeah, I may align with somebody politically, but there is a line that I'm not going to cross – there, there are definitely candidates where, and it can no longer be, my guy is the good guy. And I think Democrats, no offense, but I think Democrats play this way harder is that in the Republicans are the evil boogeyman and Democrats are, if you're a Democrat, you're a good guy. If you're a Republican, you're a bad guy. But no, that's why I donated, that's why I donated to Doug Jones. What? No, but my point is, my point is, there has to be. It cannot come down to that. I know. I was. I first off, I spoke out and donated for Doug jo to Doug Jones way before those allegations even came to light because I know exactly how abhorrent Roy Moore was. Is he's a terrible human being, and the last thing I said to, and I met him once, and the one thing I said to him, I stand by it. Just in case you're listening, old Roy, but I don't. I think there needs to be a line, not even a line. I think that there that you cannot just vote for a Democrat because they're Democrat. You cannot just vote for a Republican because they're Republican, even if they agree with most of what you think, even if they agree with sixty percent of your platform. If the guy is gang ganged up, if he's a pedophile, if he's it, it, there has to be a line if he's indicted on criminal charges like we discussed in the California 50th there has to be a line where we're where we're going to say you know what even if this guy is a communist I'm voting for him or on the other side even if it's Ann uh, Rand I'm voting for her because it, it because the there is 
we can yeah and she was definitely a drug addict but we can no longer sit by and just say you know what my my party's platform is let's take gun control my party's platform is all guns for everyone at all times or the on the opposite side my party's platform is no guns for anyone at all times well that's insane it's insane right that's why there needs to be a middle somewhere in the middle there same thing for health care do we need a universal health care policy well there's 350 million people in this world there's no way to write a plan that fits in all 350 million people so should it be done on a state level so there's different there's different kind of po- it's a it's a different kind Can of we policy throw to grant world. yeah grant take it over because i'm not sure if i'm making any sense anymore yeah i think the original question was you know basically on the terminology we're using to describe ourselves and our platform i think your point is well taken and the reason that you have to use democrat liberal and progressive to describe the same person is because of the f- the f- like the terrible faults of a two-party system um there's no way that joe donnelly and ocasio cortez like are running on the same party ticket you know like they're completely different candidates so um i agree with you that yes they're just like it's a spectrum right like there's democrats in the middle yeah democrats in the middle and there's democrats all the way on the left i think the terminology is is not great and and to richard's point you shouldn't just vote for somebody because they call themselves something uh, because obviously, like back to my example, Joe Donnelly versus Ocasio Cortez, you're all over the place. So your point's well taken. I I think the answer to giving more uh, prescriptive and more descriptive party labels is like abandoning the two party system, which is not going to happen in America with the way that the money goes. So, um, but yeah, your point's well taken, and I agree with you. And if I used them interchangeably when I shouldn't have, I'm sorry. But well, I, I actually I actually disagree with you on the two party system. Can I just, <laughs> Richard, you're done. It's gonna, this is going to take two seconds. Okay, go ahead. Well, I don't. I don't even think. Uh, going back to your point, Grant, I don't know if it's because of the money involved so much as just as how our system's set up, right? Like winner takes all. So it it doesn't make sense to have three major parties because, you know, someone could get thirty three percent of the vote and the other two parties could split it less than thirty three percent, and you know the party that got a third of the vote winds up winning. So without a constitutional amendment, it, it, I don't think it has anything to do with money. I think it has everything to do with just the structure of our system. So so I don't agree with the the two-party assessment. I actually think the two-party is vital because of kind of what Eric said in that the it, it ensures the minority voice is always heard. If you have a 5-6 7-party voice, it ends or 7-party uh, system it ends up being a lot of people just screaming and no one really hears what the opposite side has to say oh. so i think that's important but oh and and by the way if say say you know we got this like utopia system or what some people think would be a utopia system where we have a ton of different parties right to reflect everyone uh but we have the same winner takes all system that is like our constitution currently has i think like you guys, I think a lot of people would be disappointed because I think there's a much larger wing of conservatives than there is any other uh, f- faction of political ideology. Yeah. All, in America, anyway. All great points. All great points. I just want to clarify for the record, most of the fault with the... What I meant by fault of the two-party system was with the the, fal- the faulty labeling. I agree with the points about how it's an effective way oh, to for elect sure. people. And for sure. Like and I don't even think it's right or left, right? Like right. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a square, right? right? There's, right. there's authoritarian and liberty, and right. yeah, we all know. Well, so I guess I want to pose a different question to you too. And 
Eric and uh, Richard both kind of mentioned it. I, so Eric mentioned this like winner takes all kind of mode that we have. And then also Richard was talking about, um, you know, some of these issues that are like you have it or you don't. But and as not to like beat this point, but well, but to your point before talking about um, abortion issues and we don't have to discuss where the, what to do about that. But I think that that's one of the clearest issues where it's either like you have it or you don't, you know, you're pro-life or pro-choice. And it's really hard to compromise on that issue mm -hmm. because it's really hard to see what that, what to do that's neither of those things. Yeah. But I think we have that on a lot of issues is that we've kind of decided that you either have universal health care or you don't. You have this. So I think that we've kind of turned it into a zero-sum game on a lot of things. So what's what suggestions do we have? Richard, don't be the one to start this. I actually, well, I wanted to address, Grant. you mentioned you mentioned a well, we'll me directly. It's his you show. mentioned me directly. So I wanted, so first off, there are there is more than just there is more than just all or none of abortion. There are other views on oh, that. Oh, no, no. Don't take my thunder. But I, I'm, I, but I, Wait, I, no, I mean, I agree. There, right, are, but there are options, my, but, but my that's point, not the way we talk I about skip. it. I hear you, but my point was not, my point was not that we should, that, that I don't, it, it's not that I don't think abortion is an important issue. It clearly is. The, the pro-life, pro-choice. But my point was it consumes every single election, and it's the only thing anyone talks about. And I think there's just so much more happening than just that one issue. The fact that it somehow gets consumed in every single election cycle, and it doesn't matter what it is. Look, again, Roy Moore was a pedophile. He was waving around guns on a stage. And for some reason, Doug Jones, it's because I love to hit Roy Moore with the fact that he was a pedophile. And D for some reason, Doug Jones made a comment that he wants to keep abortion laws where they are. And in Alabama, that was like a abortion on demand statement that ended up kind of being Roy Moore's only point to hit Doug Jones with. And it was on every billboard, every poster board, every commercial. I think it's just like there's it there elections no longer need to be just surrounding that one issue because there's got to be more than just that but anyway somebody else jump in i can keep talking my name's nico ospina hey, look closer than Mike. and um i am an actual i am an actual alien in this country a lawful resident a legal so alien that's exactly huh. true, Richard. Illegal. Not so I am illegal. the embodiment of taxation so without representation. Before I ask my question, I just want to make the comment that, uh, Eric, you're the second person that has surprised me that I thought would have voted for Trump but didn't vote for Trump. Yeah, so no, I thought he was lying. No, but that's... that's. Um, oh, the first one was Ben Shapiro. Okay. Yeah, he was actually very surprised that he did but, not vote. But for I Trump. probably, just for the record, well, he came out against I probably Trump will about eight months before the election and yeah. said he wouldn't vote for it. So, okay, so this is my question. It's just a very simple question. It's for Eric and Grant. Um, if you guys had to adopt one policy from the other side, Eric. which one would it be? Eric. Eric. Um, Jake. That's, that's it. It's just a simple question. Uh, I'll go. I'll take this one. I'll do. I'll do it. Whatever you want. You want to go first? Yeah, I, I got to. I gotta think. I get well. I'll go first. I can go first if you if you want to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So easily for me, it would be uh, broadly criminal justice reform, and more narrowly uh, drug legalization, specifically marijuana legalization, and helping using more money to maybe like help fight the opioid crisis. 
So that that's something that I think Republicans are starting to shift towards slowly but surely. But as of now, I definitely don't think that they're there. This is a tough one. Because he's partisan, guys. I'm yeah. a bipartisan person. Because <laughs> I'm panel. partisan. Yes, totally. I personally come down a little further right on guns than most people. Um, Ooh, curveball. Yeah, I grew up in a, a huge... I'm, I'm a huge hunter. I went home this weekend to hunt. I'm going home this next coming weekend after I go to Alabama to hunt. I grew up around guns. I don't see guns in the same way that a lot of people see... A lot of Democrats see guns. I do recognize, obviously, the, the problems we've had recently with you know school shootings and other mass shootings that have happened. Um, to the point, though, I don't really know that many sensible gun owners who are afraid of background checks, right? Like, go ahead, run everything you want to run on me before I buy whatever gun I want to buy. I don't care. Like, I'll wait four days, run the background check. Um, I just, I guess, I think some Democrats are calling for, like, outright, you know, banning, which I don't think I go that far on the issue. So, good question. That's a great question. Okay. Um. All right. Well, I think we're going to – do we have any more questions or – Yeah. Did I answer any questions? Drug reform. Should I? Huh? Never mind. What would the other sad answer? Um, Vote tomorrow. Vote guys, tomorrow. Yeah. Guys. Or today when this comes out. Guys, let me just say, as a as a last minute plea, don't vote. No one vote. Okay. You can play three games of pool instead of voting. You can watch the season finales of the second season of The West Wing instead of voting. Or the Yom Kippur and Vegas episode of Entourage. We just added it at the end. Um, you know, you only live once, so don't vote. No. Uh, so just to reiterate. Thanks for Grant, stopping by, Grant everyone. doesn't like illegal immigrants and is pro-gun. That's what I gathered from this. I didn't say anything about Who would have thought that the Loyola law thinks there should be a flat tax? Thank you, everyone, for coming by. There's a, there's a whole three of you left. Thank you. This is great. <laughs>